Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Yeah. Ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. And George. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> this is episode 235, Old As Shit. <laughs> Old as shit. <laughs> yeah, old as shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? Mm, boy. Let's see. Yeah. Let's go uh, with whoever didn't fly first, I guess. So, so that would be me. <laughs> I did not Wait, wait, fly. wait, wait. You, you didn't fly first, but I didn't fly first or send. No, all right, so you want to go first? So I'll go first, yeah. All right, so yeah, I did not sim on Friday, so sorry, sorry guys, I missed that. Um, and also, no flying this past weekend. It was freaking hot as hell, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I was away in Virginia, so that was fun. Yeah, I want to hear all about that, dude. Yeah. So the wife and I, you know, after work Friday, dropped the kids off at her mom's. Uh, what else did I? Oh, I dropped the dog off at the the vet. You know, at the kennel there. And, yeah, Friday after work, we kind of packed up and we went down to Virginia. Went to the Fredericksburg area, or at least we started there. Um, and we're basically looking for a house. Right. So, so how many houses did you buy? So we looked at five houses and we actually put an offer in for one. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which... It fell through. It fell through. We got outbid. There was other offers, and the buyer took another offer, which I'm doing the, uh, you know, top, what is that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. Can't think of his name. Oh, Tiger Woods. You don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad because I really didn't want to buy this house. Oh, uh, it wasn't perfect. No, it wasn't perfect for me. It was a very great house, but it was it was more perfect for my wife than for me. Uh, um, so she kind of like, come on, let's put an offer in. We're not going to get it anyway. And she was right. We didn't get it, which I was good. <laughs> I was happy about. But, um, <laughs> you know, it was a, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a lovely house, but, like, it's just the, the property was on was not living up to what I, my, what I want, right? Like, yeah. I want a little bit of land. I want a little bit of flat usable land, you know, even if it's not huge, like an acre or two acres would be great. Um, so I could build like a garage or a shed, you know, I just, you know, I want, I want the kids to have a pool, right? So I want to have some land that I can build on right. and, sure. and get some stuff on. So, um, we did, you know, we did look at a lot of cool houses and I got to say that area, um, we actually went down to Chesterfield and, uh, Richmond area and looked at a couple of houses out there and it, it feels a little more like Chesterfield, especially it felt a little more kind of woodsy and country like so i kind of like that better um the house we looked at was kind of like tucked in the back of like a like a little tiny side street like i don't know it went from like a double lane very narrow double lane to like you know no lines just like one car at a time kind of street and it was kind of like hidden behind some other houses and it had like an acre a lot but it was weird like the, just the layout was very odd so 
Um, we don't like that one, but I, you know, there are some nice houses on there, so we're going to continue looking and see what we find. I do plan on going down to Virginia like probably every other week or every three weeks, you know, yeah. to um, work with the realtor. But the realtor is going to do a bunch of virtual tours for us. So we have like I gave her like another five houses to kind of see what's available and what's uh, on the market like as far as, um, you know, maybe the Saturday to do some virtual tours. So, yeah. But, yeah, it was it was cool. Um, it was the first time me and the wife were able to eat at a restaurant indoors. Uh, we went to this little Japanese restaurant for lunch, and we're like, you know, we've been reading, like, people are eating indoors now, like, in this area. So we're like, okay. And they sat us kind of, you know, away from everyone else. So it was, it was a lot of distancing, which is good. Um, but it was excellent food, and it was great. It's like a Japanese sushi place uh, we went to. Nice. Has to be waited on. Yeah, yeah, really, right? Like, and I think on top of that, like, the name of the place was, like, we. Um, it was Osan. And my wife, you know, she, being in the military, that's a base in Korea. So she's like, oh, this is Korean. I know it's Korean, right? So she, we went in there and, you know, the the owners were Korean and they ended up coming up and saying, oh, are you Korean? And we ended up talking a little bit and stuff, uh, which was neat. Just kind of talk with like the owners, with the business people that you are know, running these shops and that are, you know, good that they're still in business, you know, today. Yeah. So it was, was kind of good to get their, you know, take on things right now, you know, especially living down there too. But, uh, yeah, it was great. Good time. Um, you know, uh, you know, hotel staying is very odd. I don't, at this, I don't know, with this day and age, I guess. It's like everywhere, in any common area. And like, yet you see people just like, not wearing a mask. And you're like, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm brainwashed from fucking this tri-state area or something but i'm like if they say don't wear a mask i'm just gonna wear a mask not that i give a crap really but i'm just gonna do it i don't want to i don't want to start some shit for no reason right like it's not i don't want to get into arguments about it or anything so it's like whatever and it's just everyone's not wearing a mask i'm like damn Hmm. i don't know do i do i get upset about it or like do i just say oh well you know it's not like mask really does anything too much anyways right like i don't know but it was a good trip, nonetheless. Um, we hit like zero traffic too. Like we, the ways, I gotta give it up. There was one part of uh, the trip that there was, we saw traffic and we're like, oh, I gotta get fuel anyway, so let's pull over. And Waze was like, no, nah, don't go that way. <laughs> Turn around, go the other way. And we actually did follow it and saved us an hour. So, oh, wow. so that was great. Um, and then there's no traffic come back on Sunday. We left around, I think we checked out around eight o'clock and we got back to, um, Maria's mom's house, but in Jersey City at just by just before twelve, and then we were able to go pick up Max at the pound before three, and, and you know, and it was all good. Um, so yeah, it was cool. And then I did a little bit of work on the Miata. Did a little bit. What did I do? Oh, I installed those um that those braces. Awesome. Yeah, the fender, the the wrapping, right? It doesn't look that bad. It's my first time yeah. wrapping something that big. How good that? How good that? Uh, <laughs> it is a. Freaking pain in the ass! I hate it, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best to do the whole car. Yeah. Um, you know, one panel at a time. But I mean, I have like cuts all over my hands because the panel is a brand new panel. That that side on the Miata got kind of smashed a little by the previous owner, so I, I bought a new panel, a new uh, fender, and 
you know, the edges are sharp, man. My hands are all ripped up <laughs> from handling it, trying to put, you know, vinyl on and using the heat gun and stretching it a little bit and trying to get it done. It's, it's, it was really a pain in the ass, but, you know, when you look at it, you're like, all right, that looks pretty dope. <laughs> that looks pretty nice. You know, so. Well, one thing about it, by the time you get it done, you'll be better at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what I'm going to keep telling myself as I go through it. <laughs> it'll get easier. It'll get it, better. It'll get easier each panel. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, really, you think about it, those are probably some of the, the front fenders are probably one of the hardest areas. Yeah. I think the front fender, the rear quarter is going to be a bit, and I think the bumpers are. The door and the, I think the, the roof is probably going to be one of the easiest. But we'll see. I'm going to just, you know, wake my, work my way down the car. Um, and I'll kind of go into what's, next like i have some plans for me out of this week but I'll, I'll go into that later on uh, in the show so who's next i guess me man all right because i did nothing after friday night as far as flying did some simming on friday night with the gang man and uh i had a blast yeah. man. i had a really good awesome. time yeah was having a few drinks so i don't remember everybody that showed up but i know <laughs> he and joel was there i know steve from florida was there Mm-hmm. Um, Satinder was there, I think. Nice. The Planker. Andy was there. suspects. I was there. And you know what I was doing in the sim? I was actually getting auto rotations down pretty good, man. Really? Even better sim. than before, yeah. yeah I huh. think the, the problem that I was having before was I was going up way too far to where I couldn't see what the helicopter was doing. Like, I could see I was All turning right. it around, but I didn't know whether I was... You know, yeah, pitch forward or back, yeah, right? Exactly, right? yeah. So I was auto-rotating the crap out of it, more like real life. Like It was acting more like real life because I was able to see what I was doing. It wasn't going up so far. So I was doing that. I was actually doing some inverted autos too and then flipping it over and doing better with those than I was doing previously. And I was messing around with the Oxy-5 a little bit in the sim. But it was cool. It was, uh, it was some fun. I don't think Gray Eagle showed up. Did he, Andy? No, I don't think so. Uh, I got the list here. You named almost everyone. Uh, John Partridge was there. And uh, a dude named Tommy. That was yeah. Yeah. He uh, Satender's there. buddy. Yeah, yep. And uh, I think West that's West it. You mentioned Steve Shaw. Yep. I heard Gray Eagle got called back, back to the home planet for releasing some kind of, you know, Sensitive information on that last. Episode. Yeah, I think he got in trouble from the last episode. Yeah, I remember got hearing something about that too, George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, well, that sucks. Yeah, he may be talking. Uh, he may be rhyming, or I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, but he may, may be doing it in a little bit higher pitch voice in the future. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so what are you saying? They castrated him. I don't know. You know, once, once they get you up there, it's pretty much well, whatever goes. Well, I guess they, they can abduct you and do do whatever they want mm. to us. I don't know. Feels Mrs. Gray Eagle. Hmm. No. No. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. So, yeah, no flying. It was hot as hell here in Jersey. Like, literally, uh-huh. I think I went out of the house twice on Sunday. And I was like, holy cow. It was blazing hot. Like, Hot sun, just I know, amazing <laughs> hot. So, yeah. um, let me start messing around with. I started messing around with prototyping a um, a panel, a top panel for those small cases that we got. 
Steve, that my wife got from yeah. the small the Nook yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the 904s. Uh, nice. And I was able to, like, print out a ring to get all the screw hole placements down. Did you? Okay, because I need that. Because I have, like, a top case, but I could never get the corners to yeah. be right. And I, ne- I didn't even bother doing the, the screw holes because I couldn't get everything to line up. I got it pretty good. But then yeah? when I started to, like, mess around with what kind of charger I'm going to have and my power supplies, that's when I hit like, mm-hmm. a brick wall. The power supplies that I had, I had two smaller ones, and I could not figure out for the life of me what the pinout was to turn them on. It was oh, really? really bizarre. Like, I was putting the numbers in. There's two different model numbers on this thing to begin with, uh-huh. right? And I put yeah. the numbers in to do a Google search, and it would say, okay, yeah, this right here. And I would go to that site. The guy would show uh-huh. a picture and say, oh, yeah, do these short these two pins, and it will come on. And the picture he would show would be a completely different completely different power supply under the thread that he had posted with the uh-huh. correct number in it. So I'm like, this is bullshit. So I kept searching. I, I, I must have searched for like an hour and then tried different things. Uh, and just randomly tried different things. I was going to say, did you plug it in and just start shorting pins? Yeah. yeah. Right. I actually, just like I just started grounding off. pins. And yeah. um, I got it to fire up, but only for like like 30 seconds, and then it would shut off. And so I was like, you know what? I, I got really frustrated. I was like, I'm done with these things. And then the one I think I really screwed up bad because it was doing a lot of clicking, and no matter how long I left it unplugged, it kept doing it. So I was like, all right. Um take a step back and I said to myself, you know, I, I had some 24 volt power supplies that I got off off a job that I, I did that right. were kind of small and one was 10 amp and one was 5 amp. Okay. So I, I said, let me see if the 10 amp can at least run my charger, my um, my 20, what is it that I got? The iCharger, the 206 or 306? Um, the 306, 30, 30 yeah. 306 or 30. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty out six. That one. Thirty out six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, let me see if it can, it can power that one up and charge, mm-hmm. you know, five thousand packs, just like what I would bring huh. to the field. So, yeah. uh, one ten ten amp power supply. I ran it at first. I, I ran it at ten amps. It did fine. And these are small. Uh-huh. These are only like four inches by four inches by maybe two inches. And and surprisingly enough, wow. to sidetrack a little bit, I did a search for Meanwell power supplies, and they do come up with a similar version of this power supply that I have, uh, which okay. is in a Meanwell, but they Meanwell does make power supplies like this size specifically for mounting to DIN rail and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is what this is designed for. So I fired it up. I put it at 10 amps and it, and it did fine. And then I tried 15 amps and, and uh, it was like, no, and started to flicker after a while. It was, it was hitting it. It was hitting it. And then it went down to 14 amps and then it just yeah. dropped. And then the power supply started, the light started blinking. So I said, all right, well, the most I ever charge at, usually, even if I'm charging a, a, a dual, like a, a 12S pack or two 6S, is I usually do 12 amps. I usually, or I, I'll do like one and a half C. I rarely do 2C balance charging on those, even at the field uh-huh. and whatnot. So it handled that fine. So then I had the other 5 amp, and I'm like, well, maybe I can chain these two together, you know, and, and get it to actually do 15 amps. And sure shit, that worked. Huh. So, but they're still a little too big for that small case. So what I was thinking was maybe turning that into a 12-volt case and getting a smaller, like, ISDT or something like that or the X6 or the 6X, whatever it is that 
Yeah, or there. even the iCharger makes a small one now, too. Yeah, I think it's, that's what mm-hmm. it is, the, mm-hmm. yeah. the 6X, X6, X6. Or 6X or X6. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so okay. I, I, I was like, okay, that was that was good. So, yeah, if you need those files, Steve, I can send them over to you. That's, that's Yeah, for sure. It was relatively just the, the, the perimeter, you know. And yeah, the, and that's really all I need because I have an ISD Q6 in my charger now. And yeah. I have like the other part, like I have the, it's like a little carriage that I built for, you know, in 3D printed. Yeah. And I 3D printed mine on my old, um, printer in two parts, but now I can print all yeah, yeah. one with this. Dude, yeah. I was banging out like an yeah. hour. I had it, a prototype where I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like I got awesome. this all up like a millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. perfect. Yeah. If you could get that over, that'd be perfect because I, I can just overlay that top part. At yeah. least for the um the corners, the edges, and the, and get that going. That'd be perfect to reprint that out. Yeah. Um, cool. So the other thing I did was I got in my today actually I got in my those custom boards that I ordered. I was talking about them last Ooh, week for the art yeah. project. Uh-huh. And uh, dude, if I'm not completely blind by the end of this, project, are they small? <laughs> oh my god, dude! They are. What size LEDs? They're the the flangeless LEDs. They're I think they're the three mil. They're really small, and they're they are side by side on this board. And I like soldering. Uh, yeah, and I'm I want to say I'm I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I don't have a small like fine tip soldering iron, but uh-huh. uh, I was able to get in there, man. But like I said, my eyes, man, which is gonna go right into our main topic. My eyes are not what they used to be, and uh-huh. uh, and they were shit to begin with. <laughs> so, right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'll be surprised if I don't have. Uh, just more migraines or whatever, you know, uh, after soldering this up. But I, I soldered oh, up man. one of the logic displays. I don't mm-hmm. have, a, a, strangely enough, I don't have an Arduino the size they need. And it's really cool the way this board is laid out. Like R2-D2 has the, the, the larger rectangle in the back of his head. And then mm-hmm. and then he has those two little small ones up front. And then he has those yeah. two round the like, eyes. heartbeat ones, the ones in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's basically... What you get with the okay. kit, well, basically what you order is the the circuit boards for that, and yeah. all the components and stuff. You order you you solder in like little standoffs for the ICs and all that. But okay. um, it's really cool that the Arduino actually plugs into the back of the main board, which is on the back of his head, and then you run like just chain out all the commands to the other boards. Uh, and the Arduino, dude, it, dude, I, I don't. It's crazy. It does microprocessors? <laughs> I think, dude. In 76, 77 was when they, you know, came up with that. Well, I know what they did back in the original. I mean, the original, they just ran fiber optic cable down and just, like, randomly scrolled light around through it, you know. Right. Had, like, a rotating wheel in front of a light or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, just freaking. You're talking about that little matrix. Um, yeah, there's, like, two in the front. Rectangle. Yeah, yeah. And there's one in the back. And what's cool is, man, the guys that are on these, on, it's Astromech is, is the main page you go to uh, the main site dot uh, net I believe it is um, but these guys have designed some amazing things man like and just put it out there uh, freaking you boot it up and it scrolls with the guy's name like uh, like like a, a segmented display and then it goes into his thing and then there's other boards you can add on to this this and tie into this like these displays to interact with other things that are going on uh, in the, in the unit. And it's, it's just, the more I dig in, the more I'm just amazed at 
at just the community that's that's designed this man. It's just it's unbelievable. It really is. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's been a fun project so far, man. And um, I I got all the dome pieces in, and uh, I mean they're just like I mean if you walk by it, it falls falls apart like a you know house of cards. But uh, you know it's just right now it's uh it's cool to see it all together. You know. Yeah. It looks amazing, dude. Yeah. Even just from the pictures. I know, like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, not everything's, like, matched up perfectly, and you haven't glued everything and, like, filled any gaps and, and like, made it all pretty. But, I mean, it looks great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I want to smooth out the dome, obviously, and, and the body. Mm-hmm. And I want to do, like, paint it and all that stuff. But yeah. the panels themselves, like, I want to have all of those, like, open up and stuff like that. And there's Yeah, this hinged guy on, and everything, right. You're right. There's a guy in Thingiverse that has, like, a, a hinge set up and... It holds the servo, and I, I've already kind of tried that out, and it works really yeah. well. Just have to get the right spot to CA it to the body, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, nice. It's, it's amazing, man. And I don't know, dude. If You know, if for a guy like me that's into 3D printing, I like I like, a lo- like electronic stuff. I've always liked that uh-huh. kind of stuff. And yeah. getting, I'm not fantastically good with, with uh, hardware, and, like, I don't have a lathe or anything like that, but uh-huh. I'm getting better at, like, taking bolts, cutting them down. There are actually pins that stuff pivots on and stuff like that and notching it out so I can, you know, pull it back out if I have to. And it's right, a, right. a lot of problem solving too, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. cool. Well, man, and you're, you know, you're, you are fabricating some of the stuff and you're also, yeah. you know, when you're 3D printing and you're changing things, making it work, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, kind of all related to fabrication in my opinion. Yeah. And it's, uh, been, it's been cool, man. A cool project, and just I'm printing more shit out as we speak. I can't wait for you to have that all done and painted up, bondled, yeah. and everything. Like just looking. Yeah. Are you gonna um, when you get it painted up, are you gonna do like weathering and stuff, or are you gonna? What no, do you think? Probably not. Of your overall. Okay. Let it self weather. Yeah, just let it sit <laughs> in my garage for a couple, couple of years. Now. Yeah, there you go. It'll be weathered. <laughs> yeah, I so- know it's. It's just stacked together and it's not perfect, but it's got to be pretty freaking cool to look I over know. there and see an R two, uh-huh. a full yeah. size. Yep, that's R two D two. It's taller than your table height, like your your uh-huh. workbench. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that I part is pretty pretty amazing. I'd like to print one of them. You could probably print four sections of the body and just glue them together. You wouldn't have to print it in freaking ninety sections that I had to print it in. Oh, just you can just. I guess you could use mesh mix or something to put them together. Or yeah. did you have to buy some like that to do it? No, no. He has uh, files ready that you could print the body in one shot if you wanted to, if you had a printer large enough. Okay. Well, I have so a look. You could I mean, chop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know that's what other guys do. And, uh, well, I'm sure that saves a lot of time, like, yeah. post-print, you know, like all the uh, post oh, yeah. work you got to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, so dude, that's that's what I've been up to. I'm actually uh, itching to go flying, man. I should have went this this Saturday. wasn't too hot, but Sunday was just a beast. So who's next? Am I next? Are you? I don't know. I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah, okay, ahead. I'll go next. George, you can wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I simmed on Friday as well with Kevin and the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't know. It's just it's funner each time. I I feel like yeah, all cutting up and I'm making fun of them. They're making fun of me. You know, 
the whole thing. So I, I've got to, I really enjoy that. Yeah, man. And how amazing is it that the time goes by so fast, man? Oh, I know. Like I look up and it's two hours. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm yeah, exactly. Yep. Hey, that's what they say. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. So did that on Friday. Um, I did fly on Sunday morning. Awesome. Nice. Uh, it's been super hot here as well. Like, uh, 100 degrees, which is hot for this area. And so I got out pretty early before it, I mean, the sun was out, but I got out like eight o'clock in the morning. So it wasn't too bad and put three flights on the Oxy four max. Um, uneventful to be honest, wasn't really feeling it. You know, I flew the three batteries and did some stuff, but just wasn't feeling it. You ever have those days where you're just flying? Yeah. Like, eh. yeah. They're like, I got batteries charged. I'll go through some of the motions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Did some autos and stuff. Screwed around a little bit. Uh, I was going to get the gasser out and fly it, but after flying those three, I was like, nah, it's hot. I'm going back inside. <laughs> Yeah. So that's all I flew was the three packs on the Oxy Four. I see. I started taking the electronics out of the five sixteen and getting it ready to take apart and ship out. Like I mentioned last week, I think mm-hmm. I've worked out a deal with uh, one of our listeners. Nice. And uh so I've got uh got to get that shipped out in the next day or two and make sure everything's good with that and that's about it for the hobby i've kind of been looking at doing some rearranging in my living room putting up a desk and a more permanent spot for my computer mm-hmm. i s- s- temporarily just set up a uh i've got a big uh i don't know like 20 inch monitor 22 or something I set that up with my laptop as a second screen because I've, I've been playing around with that uh, Fusion 360 some more. Okay. Okay. And yes. I mean, as you guys know, you kind of need a, a desk yeah. and a mouse and stuff to yeah. do that. So I, I set that up temporary and, uh, it's so much easier than just trying to do it on a little laptop screen. And, uh, so I'm kind of looking around, I'm looking for a desk now and I'm going to rearrange some stuff and kind of set up a more permanent solution for the computer. Cause the way it is now, I was like, I'm sitting in a recliner to record the podcast. I've got the computer sitting here, but then when I see him, I was taking it across the room and setting it on another little spot where I hook it to the TV. And then when I needed to like work with this, CAD or CAD software. I was setting it on the table with, where I could use a mouse and stuff conveniently. And I was just like, damn, I'm tired of moving this stupid thing around all the time. So I got to set up a more permanent, um, area for that. It's been kind of measuring and figuring out how I'm going to move everything around to get that done. Um, played some more with the Fusion 360. Kind of was looking at some videos and, I follow along with this um, class thing that uh, 
It's on the um, Autodesk Academy or whatever. Okay. The learning thing. That was kind of helpful. Learn a few tips and tricks I hadn't figured out yet. Oh, cool. So playing around with that. Played around with the Simplify 3D. Okay. Still don't have a printer yet. What? Really? I was going to ask yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. It should be here tomorrow, oh, actually. Well, here's so the funny thing. they found it or did they reship? Yeah, yeah. No, I reordered it. So I've been – so Amazon, you know, when you go to your orders or whatever, it okay. tells you, you know, when everything's expected to arrive. So I ordered it last Thursday morning and it said we'll arrive on Wednesday, you know, tomorrow, the 22nd. Like, okay. I mean, that sucks. If it had been the first of the year before that, it'd have been here Monday, at least two days, right? Right. But whatever. So, and then I check it. I don't think a whole lot about it. And I look at it Friday. See the tracking number and it's still not shipped. I'm like, what the hell? And then I check it Saturday. It's still not shipped. And the, and it still says arrive on Wednesday. What the hell? There's no way it's getting here on Wednesday. So Monday, still not shipped. You know, and then I'm getting like, damn it. Surely not two in a row are going to be all screwed up. And right. You know, why, why it hadn't shipped? I couldn't figure that part out. So finally today, when I checked it, um, like this afternoon, it had shipped and it's still showing it arriving tomorrow. I'm like, there's no freaking way. So I get the tracking and it turns out it actually shipped out of a Amazon fulfillment center that's like 160 miles from here down in Tennessee. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay. So, so I guess it will be here tomorrow probably. <laughs> Oh, I I'm hope, like, man. Well, how the fuck didn't it ship last Thursday when I ordered it? Yeah. yeah. So, and then I got to thinking maybe they weren't in the warehouse or something. They were waiting on them to come from somewhere else to get to. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, because normally when you order something, I mean, it ships that day if you order it before, you know, noon or two o'clock or something. I, I don't know. It's, it's freaking shipping stuff's been all fucked up since this whole COVID yeah. thing started. So anyway, fingers crossed it should be here tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is Wednesday. So. so by this weekend, I should have some stuff printed or a giant mess or a <laughs> smashed printer that's thrown <laughs> to the wall. One of the three of those will happen. Yeah, yeah. Not sure which. The funniest thing I saw on a on a group for the CR10 was um, the guy had a picture of his bed with you know the giant cobweb bees nest yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it just a me- complete mess and the title was ladies and gentlemen I give you Groot <laughs> he's trying to print out the baby Groot yeah 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 <laughs> oh man yeah. I've great. I've mentally prepared myself for some frustration and failure so. Hopefully, it won't be too bad. I don't know. You know I mean, I'm not expecting it to work perfect out of the box. Sure. I, you know, mm-hmm. I would have had to pay, you know, a couple thousand dollars for that to happen. So, you know, I'm we'll expecting to have to tinker on it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's a tinkering hobby, but I, I'm sure, you know, just get it set up, 
do the build plate, you know, leveling right, and you should be right. pretty good to go. Yeah. Cool. All right. Check all the screws and bolts, right, George? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm still looking at mine. I see that loose bolt. Okay. A lot of plastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, George, yes. what have you been up to? You had a big weekend, didn't you? Yeah, I had a big weekend. Friday after work, Steve Hodges and I, we, we went on a sub submarine mission. And um, we went down to Dalton, Georgia, met up with Daryl Sprayberry, the helicopter, submarine boat, airplane, jet, whatever uh, guy. It's funny. Steve was talking about it would be really cool if, if in our area here in the southeast we could get a, a big regatta going and have subs and some scale boats and stuff like that. Daryl just says, you know, right up the road here is an awesome place for something like that. So we just jumped to the car and drove up there, and it's awesome. It's a, I think I've talked about it maybe before, freshwater-fed uh, concrete swimming hole, and it just runs out of it into a creek. But uh, they put chlorine stuff in it and keep the concrete well taken care of. The whole grounds is just immaculate. It's a really nice place. But um, super nice place. So we go down there, and uh, <clears throat> so we look at it and just figure this place would just be incredible. They let us look around. So fast forward to today, all this generated um, Bob, I forget his last name, from uh, the Nautilus Dry Dock. It's submarine uh, website. They sell subs and have a discussion in the area for submariners. But uh, so Steve mentions it to him and the ball gets rolling and he steps up to fund the location and everything, get all the advertising set up. So this weekend we had to go down and do a test just to make sure like I guess maybe mineral content or something in the water wasn't too high that it would interfere with their radio signal. It's the old, uh, I think it's what, 75 megahertz. It's the odd megahertz that'll penetrate water. Okay. About to get Steve on talk about all that one night. But um, it's just fascinating all the, the different things you have to take into consideration when you're when you're doing these subs. I'm going to print a big one out that's just kind of a surface craft. You know, it just puts around the surface, but about nine feet long. Um, but um, we went down there and we set up a ton of cameras and got video and pictures and stuff, and and um, it really did good. Steve took his, uh, I think it's an audible, it's a French submarine. It's uh, it's pretty big, but he took it down there and he was able to dive, you know, down deep. It's, I think it's about sixteen feet deep in the middle, and. Um, he never did have any issues, so it's a go, and we could see it good. George, even does, though does he have a it, camera on that or anything? Like, how does he know where he's at, like, and not running into something? You just have to kind of, you know, think about what you're doing. But now it's so clear that you can see it most of the time. Oh, okay. Water's just crystal clear. We were there last weekend, and we got there early Saturday morning, they let us in there a couple hours before they opened to the public so we could do our thing. And the day before, they had had, you know, a, a pretty big crowd. And, of course, they'd start up the, the 
sand on the bottom. There's sand from a little play area there that's on the bottom of the concrete pond. But um, and two, you know, they have chlorine in it, but it was at its worst condition yesterday or Saturday. So um, and it was not bad at all. You know, a lot nicer than most of the places they go around these submarines. So we were tickled with the results of that. Then, of course, I took down the the big uh, seeking 3D printed plug fuselage. Right. Yeah, and I posted a picture on Tired Iron Aviation. I'll, I'll share it on Freefall. But um, it's standing between Daryl and I, and it's still taller than yeah. one of us. Yeah. And uh, so he he's tickled with how it turned out. He thinks that's going to save just you know probably months of time. Um, Taking one from that to where we can make parts, make our own, you know, fuselages, which will be really, really neat. Yeah, man. Uh, I can't wait to hear step, that whole process. Yeah, we'll document it and maybe we can get Daryl on to talk about it. But, you know, they use, um, they use this kind of like masonite board that's like white on one side, real shiny, like they use in coolers and stuff like that. Yeah. And they call that their batter board, and they uh, they they put the model down on this big table. It's got like a four by eight cutting sheet on there, like a, a dressmaker or a fabric shop would use. And he's got this neat little deal he made out of stainless, and it's got a rod on it. It's got a hole in it, and you put a sharpie in there. Put your batter board down on there, and lay your model on top of it, and you take this thing and just go around it, and the pole gives you a perfect outline of the model. So then he just zips that out with the bandsaw, cleans it up a little bit, makes it makes sure it fits good, but still has a little gap between it and the and the plug so that you can pack that with clay. You use that model and clay and you put that in there and you cut it off really straight and smooth and make you know, use to take little paddles and smooth it out real nice and and then it's a process of, you know, applying resin and then cloth resin it's uh it's a pretty neat process i've been down there steve laid up a submarine probably about a month ago when we were down there and uh it's just a really neat process i'll get more pictures maybe do some video of it and we'll get there along to talk about it it's just like you know i love the attitude he has it's like you know if they don't make it we'll just make our own it's like we need a five blade head for that big old helicopter. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> He's already, he was making the swash plate and stuff. Already had the, um, I think it's a 16 millimeter, um, swivel ball bearing. Well, okay. main shaft. So it's, it's going to be pretty beefy. Yeah. But makes all his own mechanics. He does use some components from, you know, um, over-the-counter helicopter parts, but he's getting more and more away from that as, you know, the bigger they get, of course, you have to beef them up. But I wouldn't be surprised if you don't start winding these open motors and making ESCs one of these days. It wouldn't surprise me a bit, but that I'm being a little facetious about that. But that's just the attitude he's got. It's like, we don't have a set of retracts for that. Well, we'll just make them. No big deal. Nice. That's uh, awesome, man. That's yeah. like the freedom you need 
in this hobby, man. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I used to have that back when I built tanks and yeah, when you were saying you were doing motorcycles and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I don't know where I lost that. Where I, when I went to model modeling, where I thought I just had to buy everything and just do a little bit of customization with paint and some styrene and stuff like that. Why not just make something really unique? So yeah. And next thing I'm working on is a, a submarine and a PBR, uh, like the Vietnam. Uh, Troll boats that ran in the rivers up there. It's got twin jet motors in it and stuff. So nice. That'll be pretty cool. But you know, it's just it's got me interested in all aspects of uh, RC and and the water stuff. After uh, after that camping trip where Steve brought that submarine up there and ran it for about he ran it for about forty five minutes solid on a a um, I think it's a three cell. 3300 and it still had 76 percent battery life in it so you could probably run it all day on one battery Damn. you got tired of running it yeah that kind of got me hooked and then let's see i got home i had another one of the other big pieces of the engine cover printing and was able to call in and watch that make sure it's printing okay now i'm printing the the sponsons, you know, that the wheels are in, that hang off the side of the helicopter, they are about a three-day print each. Jeez. When, I, when I was saying, you know, buying a lot of PLA, yeah, I, I've got um, 10 kilos of it coming right now. Damn, no wonder I can't get a hold of any. <laughs> You're just going to have to get a forklift and buy it by the pallet. You know, it, it wouldn't be bad like y'all were buying fuel. Uh-huh. Some of these other guys that are... Get a group buy-in and just yeah. buy a whole shit ton. And just have a pallet delivered. I know you can get 5K rolls now. They're starting to come yeah. out more. I'm yeah, that'd be a lot more. When you mm-hmm. figure it out, George, just send it down here. I got all the forklifts. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. and uh, I'll take half and you take half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, when... When something's printing for, you know, two or three days, that's that's at least a roll. Oh yeah, yeah. Most of these uh-huh. big prints, I'm I'm switching rolls. They're you know they're different colors, but um, that brings me into. Or do we want to talk about that now? We want to get in talking about three D printing stuff. Or I was going to talk about that filament. I was. Uh, yeah, let's let's save that for a little bit later. Let's get into the main topic first. Okay. Good deal. Yeah. But is that is that yeah, good for your week? Much. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into the main topic here. Old as shit, huh? What do we want to talk about? <laughs> talking about Kevin, aren't we? He's what? old as shit. I thought we were talking about you. <laughs> oh, me. Mr. Gonna be birthday boy soon coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, by the time this episode, right? Oh, wow. Which one is that, Andy? Which birthday? 40. Oh, man. I'm cresting the hill is the way I see it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll make it to 80 or so. So right. yeah. halfway. It's the halfway mark, yep. Yep. That was me in my 30s, by the way. No. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, 40, that was me last year. So, yep. welcome. Yeah. We're all now 40 and above here. 40 and above. 
<laughs> I'll tell you though, everybody was saying, oh, wait to hit 40, wait to hit 40. And nothing really happened to me until I hit like 44. I remember that, that being the year where I was like, man, I'm having trouble like laying down. <laughs> I'm having trouble going to sleep. Like, this is so weird. Yeah. Now I'm old as shit. Yes. So, so let's kind of dig into it. You know, as we get older, you know, it gets, I think the hobby changes a little, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, but what changes about us that changes that ends up kind of pivoting our hobby and our focus in the hobby? Um, I'm going to start with my eyesight. Yes, that's a big one. Right? I started wearing glasses this year, you know? So that's something new when I hit 40. Um, what about you guys? What's your experience with eyesight? Well, see, I think I have an advantage here. Uh, and maybe it's why I'm perpetually think of, uh, I'm young is because my eyes were shit when I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> like my eyes okay. were ridiculously terrible. So you're ahead of the curve. Okay. Dude, I said this to my <laughs> when wife. When did you start wearing glasses, Kevin? Well, I guess fourth uh, grade. Fourth grade, like what's that? Seven, that, eight. That's when that I started. Is? Yeah, but my like my uh, by ten, my glasses were like a half inch thick, easily on mm. the, on the ends. And in the sixties and well, in the seventies and early eighties, like. The style was not these small, tiny, you know. Oh yeah, John Lennon glasses. I guess John Lennon was the only one that could wear them. They were the bigger ones, so the bigger they got, the bigger they got on the end, you know, as as, <laughs> as depth wise. Yeah, those uh-huh. Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. Oh man, dude. I you know this is why I was I was going to say I was talking to my wife this weekend or this past weekend, and I was like, this is why they should have never stopped bullying because you know. Freaking kids nowadays don't know how to react to anything, any any little thing. And I got, dude, they used to bust my balls about the Coke bottle glasses and bulletproof and all of this shit. They used to say, <laughs> never. Mm. I mean, it bothered me. I don't, I don't remember, but it only, all it did was make me think of, all right, how can I creatively get these guys back? And believe me, I would get these guys back. Um, anybody that's listened to the show for the last five years will know that. You know, yeah, it builds character too. Though when you when you persevere <laughs> through stuff like that, you know it makes you harder. I mean, not in a bad way. It, it makes you wear you just you know these little insults that everybody. I mean, anybody, everybody gets insulted over anything anymore. And our generation is just not like that. You know, I mean, it and it definitely runs in my family. Like my sister, it was is the same way. It must be a Teshner thing, you know. Because I can remember one of the kids in the neighborhood was, you know, he was the ladies' man, and he used to pick on me and my sister all the time. And uh, he was, I think, he was the same age as I am. Had tons of brothers and sisters. You know, was was always out hunting, walking up and down the streets with the with the shotguns and stuff like that. You know, we could do that back in the day. Um, and then <laughs> we ran into him in a bar years later, years later. And oh yeah. Uh, and uh, it was like you know it was kind of like the whole generation that we grew up with was in this in this bar like all these people we kind of knew from school mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And uh, my sister was not in the area; she had moved to Long Island and was out of the area for the longest time. And then just came back to visit, and we we all went out to this bar, and this guy happened to be there, and he was heavier. Now he's really heavy, going bald, and had this 
big giant forehead and my sister was like <laughs> she laid into him to the point where he looked at me and i was like dude i don't I have no idea whatever man and she was like you used to pick on me how dare you look at you now you big boulder head like she just like laid into him and she was she's as creative as i am when it comes to like shit and getting people <laughs> went home and cried that night probably mm-hmm. but you know deserved just, it it's just exactly. I mean, yeah. dude, I and I was like, I had, you know, uh, my mother was really religious growing up, so I, that's where kind of like a lot of the stuff stems from. Where where I don't like certain stay certain things or whatever, you know, and it's just the household I grew up in. But it was like, I all right, so I was in church and the kids knew that. Like I had this really bad um, psoriasis behind my ears that was, and you know, had the short haircut, so everybody could see it. And they, they pick on me for that. And I had the glasses and pick on me for that. And it's just like, and I would hang with the, the best of them. And I'd just go right back busting balls, you know. Never freaking once did I, I say, oh, poor me. You know, they're all picking on me, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't even know how we got down this road. But, uh, um, <laughs> oh, the glasses. Uh, so, I don't know. <laughs> I My eyes have been, I can tell my eyes have been getting worse but i think when you fly and especially fly helicopters i think yeah. you, you definitely use more than your eyes like i even yeah. see i see a point where if somebody's running like a nitro plane or they fired up a real loud gas or something next to me it kind of diminishes my experience flying the helicopters because now i can't hear it you know i could see mm-hmm. it sure but mm-hmm. i want to hear right. it too you know yeah me too so i don't know who else wanted to comment on eyesight i mean I'm nearsighted, so I can see really well up close. I'll actually take my glasses off if I'm trying to see something really small or soldering or something. I am not looking forward to when that goes away, which that kind of happens to everyone. Yeah, your yeah. Uh, lens is hardened and stuff, and you're you, you're not able to focus up close. So, and since I wear glasses, I don't mean bifocals. So I'm really not looking forward to that. It's going to be really annoying, I'm pretty sure. Then um, you'll probably get cataracts, you know. Yeah. But as far as the, the flying, I don't have too much trouble with, with the glasses, normal flying. But I have a lot of problems at night. Like, it's really hard for me mm. to not fly. Yeah. And part of it is my glasses are just... Like right now, they're all scratched up and screwed up, and yes, it's all this COVID crap. I haven't really wanted to go bother with getting new ones, but it's been this way for a while. I think it's part the the lenses and part just my eyes. Uh, I guess I have a bit of astigmatism or something because if I focus on like like trying to night fly like a lighted airplane or heli. It's okay for like 30 seconds, but eventually it just all starts to blur together into like a big blob of light. You know, I can't tell orientation or anything, you know, and if like if I'm watching somebody, I'm fine. And it starts to do that. If I look away for five seconds, look back, it's fine. But when you're flying, it's kind of hard to do that. Right. Yeah. It's because your rods and cones in that area probably get. You know, yeah, I think it's just up. like from from focusing on it like intently for a certain yeah. period of time, it just kind of starts to get blurry. Yeah, that's so a that makes that, it really difficult to not fly. 
that's a, a, a trick and an issue that they taught us in the military was to, at night to, uh, if you're trying to focus on something to move your eyes around and, and go back to that site. I know that you can't do that. Right. It's right. Lying. That's, um, yeah, well, that's what I say. Like I can watch, right. like if you're flying, I can watch you, you know, and I can look away for a couple seconds, look back and it's fine. Right. Right. So that's kind of been an issue of mine and I'm sure it's only going to get worse as I get older. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm lucky yeah. enough to get older. Telling that story about my eyes being that bad. And the doctor was like, you know, when you hit 50, you're going to lose your up close vision. And I'm like, how is that possible? How, how am I going to, how is it going to get worse? <laughs> like I can, without my glasses, literally I have like three inches of, of view before it gets blurry without my glasses. Yeah. So it's already shitty. It's going to get even shittier. Yeah. He was like, well, with your glasses, you know, you can see you won't need, you, you need, you'll need bifocals like you're saying, Andy. Like I can yeah. see, you know, I can see pretty good from now, like six inches on out with my glasses, but anything up close and really detailed, I'm taking my, I've been taking my glasses off for, or looking over them for the last like couple of years. Yeah. I do I, that. I don't want to get bifocals either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just opposite. I'm farsighted. I can see like a hawk, you know, at 1,200 yards, but, you know, a foot in front of my face, uh, it's just really blurry. I can't see my fingerprints mm. on my fingers without my reading glasses. That has always intrigued me because I don't, because I'm complete opposite. I don't, I don't even know how that's possible. Have, have um, you it, well, always been that way, George, or is this just something in the last few years? It's, yeah, I could, I mean, I never had to have glasses until I was probably, I'd say 48. Yeah. I think that's, you're probably describing just your standard aging. Yeah. Where you lose your up close vision that right. almost everybody has to deal with. Plus I've got glaucoma and had to have, you know, the laser surgery for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they think, you know, as long as I get my pressure checked every year, I should be okay. Okay. Been about three years. I need to do that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to the eye doctor in three or four years either. I got to go. That's something I never wanted to have done was the laser. I've had contacts, and I can definitely tell a difference between you know the contacts and, and glasses. The contacts are right on your eye, so there's there's never any adjustment, you know, between the glasses in your eye. But uh, man, uh, I've never wanted to <laughs> never wanted to sit down and have them fire laser beams into my eyes and you, and you know i don't know about you george but i know me and the prescription changes that i've had over the years i can see sitting down and paying all that money to have it done and then four years later now i'm still gonna need glasses because my eyes have gotten worse all right yeah well my i go to uh i get all my eyewear at uh, home depot I like the um, turtle shell kind of reading glasses, you know, 1.5 power. Okay. So, yeah, when I go by Home Depot, I get two or three pairs of those. <laughs> I've got them in the car and around my neck. They're on my top of my head right now. But uh, So if you lose them and you walk far enough away, you can see them and find them? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no where I go, there they are. Yes. <laughs> Back to that laser surgery, I'll just say a quick word about that. The first time I went, I'm telling you, if you'd had a, a diamond 
laser cut drill bit you couldn't have drilled a hole in my hind end and they just kept telling me you're going to have to relax they finally gave me a volume to get me to calm down and uh they had that thing right there and i said you gotta take a breath and, and don't move don't blink don't move your eye don't do anything and that's gotta be the hard part that, not moving your eye i mean it's like you know i don't know it's, it's really hard and then yeah. they go pop 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 and you see this little wisp of smoke come up out of your eye and uh <laughs> oh my gosh it really freaked me out but it was over and no big deal so i came back about two weeks later and they did the other one and the second one was a breeze because i knew what to expect but yeah i tell you that first one scared the living crap out of me i mean it's like are they gonna blow my eyeball out of the back of my head or something right right so how long ago did you have that done I guess it's been about probably about ten years ago. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's not. It's been not that long. Let me think. Do they I'm still cut high. your eye, like the, and peel back the top part to do all that? No. Okay. I think that you're not talking about LASIK, are you? No, George, you're talking about, about glaucoma. Glaucoma surgery, which uh, is even going in there and cut a hole so that the pressure can equalize. On either side of your cornea. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So Drilled a hole in his eyeball with a laser beam. Yeah. yeah. Actually, a couple on each side. But I'm feeling much better now. But I didn't realize anything was wrong, you know, until on one of my checkups. Uh, he comes back in. He says, uh, anybody in your family have glaucoma? And I thought. Oh man, I gotta start smoking pot. It's not near as bad as it used to be. You know, it used to be really painful and sometimes my eyes will really ache after a long day looking at computer screens or something. Uh, but I guess with me, it's the arthritis when I'm using the radio or something. You know, I, I'm a, I use my thumbs on the radio so okay and they look like they've got um you know little ball bearings underneath all my joints sticking out all the knots on them mm-hmm. and uh because i've you know i've done mechanic work most of my life even though i've been in it for the last 20 some years i guess um that that's what bothers me like if i fly over say seven or eight minutes like some of these big high wings or the bombers or something that'll fly for 14 minutes um i need to go ahead and land because i can it just really starts to be pretty painful Mm. and that's probably about the only thing i've noticed as far as i guess that and reflexes i'm not uh Mm -hmm. yeah we'll get into that yeah you know that's something i i've noticed uh, maybe over the last like three years, like I never had problems with my hands or anything like that. But um, I noticed a couple of times going out to the field, you know, within the last like couple of years that my thumb will twitch a lot. Like, and I thought it was the position that my, I, I actually raised or I, I moved the, the sticks on the, the radio up or down. I can't remember which I think, I think I moved them up uh, and tried to give give myself like a more of a grip to it, 
But that doesn't that hasn't happened in a while. Uh, that that happened to me a few times, and I was like, "Oh crap! Is this what it's gonna like? Am I gonna be constantly pirouetting now?" Well, <laughs> you sure it wasn't nerves. <laughs> no, because it was it would do it other times too, and I don't know. I just stopped doing it. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I didn't need my <clears throat> Almost like a little electrical pulse or something. Yeah. And it was only that position that I had it. And once I moved it out of that position, it was fine. Okay. Maybe it's just like an awe, like a a weird position for your muscles to be in. And then it would like cramp up or not cramp up, but like twitch on you. Yeah. I thought about getting one of those trays. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people that use the trays that mm. kind of sit on your chest and they yep. lay their hands on it. And it looks really comfortable, but... I not only use my thumbs, I use my arms when I fly, too. If I need the helicopter or the airplane to go farther <laughs> left a little bit, I can take that. Oh, a little bit of English. And, body you know, English. Kind of yeah. yeah. Left and then sling it to the right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Body English. It does a lot. Yeah. 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 I just kind of get, I don't know, I get in to be one with the machine. Then <laughs> But I do, if you notice videos of me, you'll see me with the radio moving it around like, I want to do something with it. I, I did the same thing back when I used to use game controllers with the Nintendo and stuff. I don't know. It's crazy. I think that stems from the old pinball days, man. Oh, I'm telling you. I, don't get me started on pinball. Uh-huh. With, with some of these guys, man. Some of these older guys, I, it's like they're trying to hook a fish, man. You know, I with push the body one down, I believe I could push one down a flight of stairs and not make it tilt. Or back in the day, I couldn't today. But awesome. Uh, so let's let's talk about reaction or reflex time, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, your your connection from your your brain to your thumbs starts to slow down a little. Um, yeah. Let's have you guys go first, and I'll I'll follow up last on that one. Well, I've definitely noticed the reaction time between my brain and my mouth has slowed down. Uh, <laughs> over the last couple of years. I've never had that problem. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm usually very quick, and there's some times where I've been fumbling more than others. But as far as, man, flying, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard for me to gauge because I'm getting better at the helicopters, and I'm not putting them in the dirt as much as I used to, where I know just I was making the wrong moves, and my reaction time was probably, I mean, dude, I started flying helicopters, what, when I was 48? Like, so I have really nothing to go by as as far as that. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it might depend on when you start. Yeah. We all started late for, you know, compared to like some of these kids that start when they're teenagers, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah. I was only 54. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. I mean, dude, being being as old as I am, I can only imagine that my reaction time is not as good as I, it was when I was a kid. But uh, I was a pretty slow kid, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> it might be about the same. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can tell a big difference, even no older than I am. Yeah. You know. Yeah, me too. Uh, not, not necessarily in the flying, because... Like Kevin said, we're, we're still getting better right. every year, so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to judge. But in other stuff, um, and then you probably think I'm super slow because of the way I talk and, you know, everything else about me. 
but I used to be really, really quick. Like if someone's going to fall over or fall off the table, I mean, I could grab it. If you threw something at me, I'd catch it, but not anymore. I'm getting slow and just, I mean, I can tell a difference in the last 10 years from 30 to 40, a noticeable difference in like reaction time. I mean, do you think that's just getting old or do you think it's like physical condition? You know, when we were younger, of course, I mean, I've been, I've been in good shape when I was young and then got middle age and got out of shape and now I'm back skinny again and pretty good shape. And I know that my reaction time was different through those stages. Uh, possibly, you know. Maybe it's more physical. Because the older we get, the usually the more we, more out of shape we get. Yeah, true. But I mean, your your brain slows down too. Yeah, yeah. Muscle, muscle reflexes. Kind of, is what I'm talking right. about. You know. I'm definitely like more out of shape than I was. Yeah, the you know than years ago. But Andy, I think partly my brain says. Well, that thing that's coming at me, do I really want to make the effort to catch it? Or if it actually hits me, is it going to hurt? You do all those calculations, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, you're doing the damage analysis. <laughs> or will it look cool on video? Or screw it. I'll just let it hit me. I'll pick it up. <laughs> all right. leisure. Yeah. I've, I've noticed, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you guys are correct, like, as we're getting better in the hobby, we're crashing less. So, you know, it's hard to gauge our reflexes. But for me, like, I think it's really like my brain reflex, like how quickly my brain thinks about something that's happening. It's mm-hmm. like something's falling out of air, like how quickly I react to that or just like, oh, there it goes. Dunk, you know, yeah. Um, is where I see it the most. Like not really in crashing so much, but like there's times where I'll – do a couple moves and maybe the wind will carry the helicopter a little bit further away and then it takes me like a quick second to be like wait which way is it was it facing like what was the last thing I did that it was facing now to, you know and I noticed that for me um, I did notice when I had an incident with one of my helicopters as far as maybe something rebooting in the air or just losing RC packets or something like that that as it was happening, I was kind of like, what is going on? And then it kind of started feeling like I had control back, but by then, like, I already, like, didn't react. Like, I didn't do anything, you know? I mm-hmm. just uh, basically just fell out of here. Like, okay, that happened. And, you know, you just move on. <laughs> but I've, I've noticed in those main aspects, um, where you're, like, not muscle memory flying, but you're, like, you have to actually think and see what am I seeing exactly and what do I have to do to fix it or correct you know, make a correction um, is when I realized that my reaction time is slowing up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. When something happens and you got to correct for it, adjust a win or something Mm -hmm. weird or whatever, takes a second to to figure out where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah. And and truthfully, these are like probably milliseconds in our minds, right? Like, or in real life, but it feels like like a second in our minds because we're just like, huh? (laughs) Oh, Oh, there you go. (laughs) You know? Um, and I'm sure like if we hear from someone who started at like 10 and now is 35, you know, I know Kyle, Steve, Kyle says it all the time, right? I know Bert says it all the time. Right. I was going to say that. 
like Obi-Wan Kenobi said, it depends on your point of view. It's like, I see Burt Cameron fly now, and I'm like, oh, yeah. It, this guy is amazing. And he's like, oh, no, no, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've kind of slowed way down. I, I'm like, I really, was gonna get it. Yeah, I was going to mention that when we talk about uh, stuff here in a second. I saw but, him yeah. fly a couple years ago at um, Helly's Over Delaware, man, and I oh. was blown away at the flight yeah. he did. Yeah, how low he gets and how, like, He never still. got above, like, 10 feet, man, and it was yeah. a phenomenal flight. And then he's like, mm-hmm. eh, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of slowing down. So I'm like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's Old Man 3D. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll take some of that Old Man 3D shit. I can't even do half that thing. You know? Right, right. So I think it's a matter of your, your perspective, your point of view. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like we mentioned, we all haven't been in the hobby, you know, for that long, right? So, you know, what's our, what's our like, our, I don't know, one of the axes, X axis or whatever, right? Like the length that we've been in a hobby right. to the degrading, you know, reflexes or eyesight or whatever. So it's, you know, as we have a bigger picture and a longer history in the hobby, I'm sure we're going to see more of a delta, more of a difference from when we first started to, to where we are currently, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. definitely. The more you do, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the harder it is to progress, the older you get. Yeah, sure. I feel like to learn toe a lot quicker. Yeah, because when you're learn when you're young, say below twenty, your brain's still developing, and I mean it. You can just learn stuff so easy compared to we're forty, and you really got to work at it to learn a new skill. Uh See, now I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I don't think in for me and my experiences that's. 100% 100% true only because uh, I look at the kids that have, you know, they get they get home from school and they have seven hours to do whatever they want to do and they could fly right. five hours a day if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Would I be, would I be uh, you know, that that good or uh, as good as I could possibly be if I could fly five hours a day? Probably. Um, but I agree with you that I think, you know, there's no comparison between an older person and a younger person. But for me, man, I'm one of those guys, dude. I just do not want to stop learning anything, yeah. you know, anything yeah, I do, good. whether it's on right, the job right. or, you know. And, and that's the thing, right? You, you mentioned a pretty key point there. It's like, you know, when you look at, um, let's not even talk about our age, right? Let's, you know, you took, look at someone that's like 14, 15, been flying since they were eight or nine, right? And, and the level that they're at, and they're competing or, they're, you know, they're like, a pro pilot at that point, right? Like, if they hit 18, they're pro pilot, they're, you know, doing, you know, whatever, competitions and stuff. And then you see someone who's, like, a little bit older, like, Poppy started at 15, but it's now 25 or 28, and, like, they could both be in the same hobby, like, uh, duration of the hobby, but because one started just that much younger and soaked up so much more earlier on, and also had the time, right? Like, once you hit 18, you know, for the most part, you're getting yeah. your ass a job, right? So, yeah. and even before then, really, like, I started working 15, so right. it's like, you don't have the time, right? While the kid at home, go, like you're saying, comes home, maybe hits a sim for three hours, maybe goes out and fly for a little bit, you know, and can de- can put the time in that we can. Yeah. Or well, the kids I can. mean, that's definitely part of it. But, mm-hmm. like, for example... With my son, he's eight, and I got him a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. And here recently, we got some new games, you know, and 
I've been playing video games on and off since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we started, like these fighting games, I could just, you know, kick his ass. Yeah, whoop his ass really easy, right? uh-huh. Yeah. I had to kind of go easy and let him win a few matches. Sure. A month or two of that, now he kicks my ass and like, I can't even keep up. Yeah. So, you know, I've had more time, more experience, but he, you know, he's getting faster and quicker and right. I, I just can't keep up. So, I mean, that's kind of a, a example I've noticed here recently. Mm-hmm. What I was talking about a young, a younger mind definitely can learn easier and quicker. Yeah. And don't you I mean, think they're less intimidated too about things? Sure. About flying, yes, maybe. Yeah. 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 I'm even like le- learning something. I, you know, I, I do find it's harder for me. Like when I had to learn how to uh, program these, uh, fly barless controllers. And okay. Stuff, yeah. I, some, you know, 10 years ago, something like that, I could read through it and, and set it up and, and, uh, It'd be pretty close. I've, I've done, when I first got into it, I set up an axon and Andy saw the setup on it. It was unbelievable, but it, it actually did fly a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, it's just harder to, I guess, absorb and retain it. Um, now it's like I have to go over it maybe a couple of times to really, to really get it, get it through my head of how it's working and, and uh, used to, I would just pick it up like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I see a probably the biggest difference in everything. Whether it's like learning this Fusion three sixty or yeah, I was just about to say that ten fifteen years ago, it was nothing for me. I could just start clicking shit and playing around, and I'd yeah figure, figure it, out. it out in a couple hours. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. for the most part. Now I have to watch a stupid video and. Do a step like three times to figure. It's just oh, it's annoying. You know, you just brought up a good point, like retaining the things that we learn, right? Oh yeah, I forget everything now. (laughs) Right? It's (laughs) like it's like you do something and I learn it, it, I forget it. Yeah, yeah. By the time you walk to the next thing, you're like, wait, what did I just do? How did I just do that shit? I gotta watch another YouTube video. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm thinking about my childhood and when when I was that young and what what we were doing. Like, I had a friend of mine, and we would do a lot of. Uh, I mean, music videos were huge back then, so we would either do a music <laughs> video or we'd write a song and we uh, and we'd do a video. And like we would in summer, being off of school, we would bang out like films and and like silly like skits and 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 music videos and stuff like that, and. Then later on, I mean, I still kept in touch with my buddy Jerry. Uh, I still know him, you know, to this day. Um, we did a film back in 2000 um, that we had we had did, did little skits like Harry and Ed. We had Harry and Ed's used cars. It was it was two guys selling used cars, and we would shoot commercials uh, for them. And it was me and him. And so we decided a while back to write like a film. So we shot that in 2000. And when I tell you it took like years, two years to get that film done, it's because we could only work on a Saturday. We, you know, uh-huh. we, were, we were working full time and then coming home. So it's, I think the time that you have to put into whatever it is you want to do plays a big part in it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, don't get me wrong, Andy. I, I totally agree with you too about, you know, being young. I think you can, you can learn, um, a lot quicker than, 
and retain a lot better. Yeah. I mean, that's just part of human development. I mean, you could learn languages. You could learn yeah. musical instruments. Oh, yeah. You can learn anything when you're young easier than when you're older. Yep. And I don't know if it's, you know, another category we should have on this, uh, being old and stubborn is because is, is maybe that's I'm old and stubborn it. and I don't, don't believe that there's nothing I can't learn, you know? Uh, yeah. So that's, I, that's why I kind of like, and, and the job I'm in, I've mean, said it on the show before, like you, you can't you have be to. somebody, that, yeah, you can't be somebody that says, have to. uh, I'm, I know how I know everything or I know how this works and that's yeah. it. You have to constantly, we're constantly yeah. changing yeah. stuff out, changing. Well, you have to, you have to, there's only way to say like relevant, say active, say, you know, you have to have your mind open. Yeah. You can't yeah. be closed minded. Just yep. to touch on what you said as you're stubborn and there's, you don't think there's anything you can't learn. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I just want to point out, it's not that you can't learn. You would definitely can learn anything, but it's just going to take a little more work and a little bit longer. Yeah. You know, to learn, to learn a specific maneuver on the sim, for instance, might take one of us, you know, 10 hours spread over, you know, whatever, a Mm -hmm. month or something. It might take a young kid an hour and a half to learn the Mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the difference. Not that we can't. Yeah, it's just you got to put a little more effort into it, and I, I think it, it kind of does play into your personality. Like you know, Kevin's a very driven person to learn, right? So he's set in that way, right? Like you know, for him, that always in his life he's been trying to learn things and, and kind of keep progressing. Um, I feel I'm very similar in that manner too. Like, yeah, know. look at you with that car, man. You had no idea how to weld, and you bought a welder yeah. and figured it out. And right, he still does. Right. Perfect. I still don't, but I'm getting slowly better and better, right? Sorry, right. I just couldn't resist. <laughs> no, you, no, no. Then you bought it's true. A, it's true. Then, then you bought that um, that cutting thing. What is it? The um, plasma, plasma cutter. The plasma mm-hmm. cutter to cut out your bad weld so you could redo it. Yeah, so, exactly. That's exactly. I mean, yeah, it. it all plays into each other. You you know, a case of grinding discs. He's all mm-hmm. set. And you don't even know how much. Freaking, you know, 16, 22, 20 gauge metal sheets I've been buying just to, yeah, because I got to replace the bad sheets that I'm building now. I mean, I bust yeah. your chops, but that's exactly what I was thinking about. Like, here's Steve, doesn't know how to weld and going to buy a welder and I'm just going to practice. I'm just going to, I'm going to learn. learn. I'll watch some videos, right. figure out what I, what the basic core, you know, things I need to know and just try until I get it, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, not even like, obviously, okay, so we had a Miata and all the things that I've been, Learning, you know, like I've never fully taken apart a car before, you know, I'm learning a lot. But beyond that, like even in my career, like I've been IT, you know, I know you guys love IT. I've been IT, I've been customer service IT, right? So like help desk, desktop support, desktop, you know, like that type of customer service IT for, hmm, how many, how many years I've been in this? So 40, uh, so for 20 years, I've been doing it for pretty much about 18, 19 years. In the last several, last couple of years, I've basically pivoted my whole career around to now become a software engineer. So, like, I'm learning how to do Python scripting and some coding and some, you know, cloud based, like, engineering work and building systems in the cloud. And I'm learning all that shit now on the job. Like, just like I learned how to do customer service on the job, you know, 20 years ago. It's just, you just kind of have to, 
I feel that if you don't like keep learning and adjusting and with the times, like, I mean, you're just going to get left behind eventually, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, just to kind of bring it back to like RC, like, I'm not the greatest pilot. Like, I personally think I'm, eh, I'm okay. I could do some things, but I do like this, like everyone else says, I do like the same five, ten maneuvers all the time. Well, that's what I do too. Like, I have my little flying around, sport flying, and then I get into my little, like, three or four combos back maneuvers I do in one shot. And then it's like back to flying around, you know? You enjoy it. But I enjoy it, and that's fine, right? I was going to add that, you know, the hobby's fun. You you don't want to force it. And like you know, what when you're learning stuff for your job and stuff, it, it's still to me it can't be forced. Like, yeah, I, no, I, it can't be. You have I, to have personal right. drive drive to do it. Right. That's the only way I'm gonna learn something. Like, I mean, yeah. I went to school. I took electronics. I learned little things here and there in school. And it wasn't until I got out of the army and had money to pursue a career that I wanted to do. And I was working on a lumberyard, and I was living in a house with like roommates who were freaking busting walls up every weekend and wild parties and stuff. And I was like, you know, this is great now, but I got to look to the future. I got to figure out something. And when I started going to school at night, you know, working at a lumberyard during the day, going to school at night, I was like, listen, I'm paying for this shit. I'm listening to every damn word this guy, you know, I'm driven to get out of the situation I'm in, Mm -hmm. you know. Right, yeah. to better yourself, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, for me, I have to – I mean, I know there's stuff I have to learn for work, and I'm like, okay, I'd rather, you know, be doing something else. But, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm interested in – especially in the hobby. Like, And I don't know. I was going to mention earlier, you know, I don't know about you guys, but years ago, without the internet, without YouTube, it mm. was – there was always that looming, I don't know how to do it, so – I don't want to learn it kind of thing. You know, like there was always the fear of the unknown type of thing. And now with YouTube kind of what, what a difference it is now where you can watch somebody who's already figured out how to do whatever it is you're trying to do. And you can get some good tips and I think Uh it gives you a little incentive to like, Hey, I can, I can try this, you know? Yeah. I mean, to that note too, I think culture has changed. I think back in the day it was a little more like, Oh man, you don't know, you don't know this stuff. Oh, you're an idiot, right? So you don't ask questions. You don't kind of like ask the people that, Oh, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? I feel now it's a little, yeah. like with the cultural change of like being more open to asking questions and being okay if you don't know something that I don't know. I like, I ask questions all the time. Like, yeah. I don't know. If I don't know something and you know it, I'm like, so wait, how do you do this? Or what is that about? You know? Um, and I feel like it's just, I guess with the times changing. That's that, maybe a positive, right? I never personally experienced that, but I know what you're talking about, and I, I think that was a, a huge cultural thing back, you know, uh-huh. in the yeah. 70s, 80s. Yeah. I never had to worry about that because I was born knowing everything, so <laughs> easy. <laughs> you just dig a hole and put a seed in the ground, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's what Bloomberg said. That's all you got to do. Put That's a little water on it. Put some water on it. Bloomberg. <laughs> Oh shit! You know it's funny. I was I was very blessed that um, never got a degree. Never really. It, it was a miracle. I I got a high school diploma. I think they just didn't want me to come back because I, I, 
They're like, George, you're 23 years old. You got one of those get the hell out of high school diplomas. I didn't have a single English credit. I don't know, you know, and you had to have four. So, anyway. (laughs) But uh, I've just been very blessed that I believe divine intervention has put me in the right place at the right time all through my life where I, I just... Like in 95, I sold a little army jeep I'd restored and had a little bit of cash. And I've been hearing about all this www.com stuff and told my wife, I said, I'm going to go buy a computer and see what that's about. Uh-huh. I'm going to buy it at their office depot. And if I don't like it, I can take it back in 30 days. So I go in there and I said, I want to buy one of the best computers you got. Show me what you got. He sold me a, a Pentium 166, one Let's see, 1.6 gig hard drive, 16 mega RAM. It was a freaking Packard Bell. Oh, don't even, that's not even old. <laughs> in 95? Yeah. yeah, this was a 95. That, that was a top of the line computer, 16 yeah. megabytes of RAM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had a 28.8 modem and, and, um, it also had a TV tuner and video capture card in it, which was really, cutting edge stuff at the time so i started fooling with it and figured out how to hook up a vcr to it and start digitizing small segments of movies because you didn't have enough hard drive space back then but um i started fooling with that next thing you know i I was working part-time on um, on computers after work and it just led into what i'm doing now you know i'm a overpaid uh, it professional and I started streaming media back before anybody was really streaming media. We we started doing uh, multicasting with Windows Media back before anybody even thought about it, and it's it's pretty neat. So I just I, I guess they recognize my contribution, and you know, just always uh, like I said, right place, the right time. So. Nice. Nowadays, it's not so much learning the new stuff. I've, I, I maxed out to the point where I was doing these live events every day, sometimes a couple a day. And it got, it just overwhelmed me and I burned out. Spent several months off work, about killed me, put me in the hospital. So I guess, um, I'm on the, I'm on the transition now in my career to retirement. I wanted to do a good job for them for the next few years, get a, a few big projects knocked out, and uh, and retire. Nice. I'm on, the, I'm on the other end of it, I guess. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Hope I live long enough to enjoy a year or two of retirement. Yep, that's a dream. <laughs> well, now that you've depressed the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't know well, I mean, my I'm, whole life uh, retire in two years. For a year or two. For a year or two. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't see myself retiring at all. I mean, I just... Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I got, got so much friggin'... I mean, I don't know how anybody could be bored nowadays. There's yeah, so I, much stuff to do. Like this hobby and subsets of the hobby and this and that and learn new things. Like 3D printing? Oh, yeah. 3D printing, building scale models, yeah. um, 
getting better flying. Ten years from now, I'll be plasma printing aluminum aircraft fuselages and stuff, you know, so it'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did we go over brain farts? We or, forgot. I don't know, do we? Rambling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brain farts, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have, I get them more often now. Um, just trying to remember to me when I try to think of a name, somebody's yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Name or something like specific, like, you know, like a specific thing that happened or something. I'm just like, I don't remember the time, but I kind of remember it, you know. Like your name? That's specific? Uh, I don't know. Is that specific enough? I can remember doing that when I was a kid, too, man. Maybe I was born old. I don't know. This is, and I've just lived a long life as an old man. I can remember mm. walking into the room as a little kid going, I don't know why I came into this room. And then, Okay. <laughs> a couple minutes later going, oh, yeah, that's right. I had to get that. Whatever. You guys know how I talk. It's kind of like, remember the old eight-track tape players when they started dragging? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, and we just went on to do this. That's kind of the way it is. You kind of get lost at times. It's like, what was I talking about? Well, I, I have an excuse, but, uh, you know, you all know why. <laughs> Yeah. So on that note, do you think um I don't know, do you think like your flying style's changed? You know, like I know mine I have or like not really changed, but I know I've come to accept like a realization of where my flying style is instead of like I want to be the smack 3 pilot on the on the deck, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. No. No, I don't want to do that anymore. So I know what I want has changed for sure. Yeah. Mine has definitely. I mean, in the last year since I got into helicopters. Oh, well, yeah, I you never, made a big shift. I never cared anything at all. I mean, I flew mm-hmm. warbirds starting out and bombers and then jets. And, yep. you know, I got some pretty good-sized jets, EDS. They're all mm-hmm. electric, but um, got pretty proficient at that. But, you know, the helicopters, that was a huge, huge change. And, you know, I, I'm just about scale flying. If I can make a few circuits around, you know, nice smooth turns and land in one piece, I'm tickled to death. And, um, but I tell you what's crazy. I never cared for 3D planes before I got flying helicopters. And now, okay. I mean, I, I love I love flying stuff like I've got a, uh, I've got some kind of FMS biplane, I forget, or no, it may be E-flight biplane, as well as the Mambas and stuff like that. Yeah. But I love flying, playing, going out here and just playing around with a 3D plane, just flying uh-huh. by myself, you know, out there, you know, not going all the way out on the runway, but just fly off the, the, uh, little, uh, taxiway right here coming out of the hangar. Uh-huh. And it's, it's made, flying helicopters has made me so much better of an airplane pilot because, you know, once you start flying helicopters, you realize, hey, this, this left side here, it does stuff too. <laughs> rudder. The rudder stick, yeah. Rudder, you know, instead of ailerons all the mm-hmm. time. But of course, I mean, I used rudder before, but when you, after you started flying a helicopter, yeah, it's you, you different. Just, I mean, you fly an airplane with the rudder. Yep. Yeah. 
you know, trim it out with your ailerons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coordinated turns, you, you get so much better proficiency with yeah, it. It's as, far, just... as far as flying scale, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I just love getting out there with that big mom. I know I talk about it every episode, but... <laughs> you do. Yeah, somebody sent me a, a text with a picture of one they just purchased. Nice. Yeah, I think my flying styles have changed a little bit. Like, ever since I've been getting into more backwards flying and inverted flying, I can't fly upright too good anymore. <laughs> I gotta admit yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I can fly upright, but I get to a point where I'm like, why am I flying upright? Why am I flying forward upright? I just turn around and do something else. Yeah. It's more, it takes, I can, I can tell it takes more mental thought to fly in an upright like pattern, like figure eight or something. Like I have to concentrate at certain so? ways around. You really think so? Yeah. It just yeah. seems like to me it's just because once you start flying 3D like that and start whipping them around and really enjoying that style of flying that you're probably just bored with the scale type flying. It could be. You know, it gets uh, to a point in the eight where if I'm flying around it gets to one certain location where I'm like, I just gotta, I, I gotta tell myself, well, now your nose in and you're coming around, like, or whatever it is that I'm, that whatever, whatever the orientation is. It's like my mm-hmm. brain has to transition from going that way to being like now nose in or whatever and just continue on. It's almost like that eight track going to a different track, you know? <laughs> my brain mm-hmm. is clicking <laughs> to a different track. Yeah. It's, it's so well here's what it is george it's so different when you learn those different orientations that you have to concentrate so hard because like even flying upright and then flying your 3d planes that's still what i call coordinated rudder Mm. you know the plane's always going forward whether it's inverted or upright the heli when you're flying backwards or inverted then you sometimes have to move the rudder the opposite way of the aileron. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. then you get so used to doing that, you know, you work on it and you try really hard. You start, you know, you kind of master inverted forward flight and you flip it right side up and then you're all screwed up again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it takes a while to actually burn in all four of those. Well, with me, I mean, what I like about flying the Mamba now is I can fly it like a helicopter. Just goofing off, you know. I mean, just like a helicopter. Right. And fly it down underneath the power lines and stuff. And, and most of it's really that flight controller in it, that RA8 system. But um, I just love playing around, acting crazy like that with it. And, you know, hovering it down to, you know, just a drop landing, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's a hoot. Yeah, when you can get it out in front of yourself and back it up toward yourself and pull it away from yourself it uh it really makes you feel like you've accomplished something it's a hoot it's a hoot. <laughs> it's a good time yeah dude and you know that brings us back to the whole topic in general dude if, if you're uh, to me if you're old as shit and you're still having a good time like we know guys dude tony's a vietnam vet he comes out to the field and he's there all the time he flies pretty good but he's like in tra- he gets into taking care of the landscaping and stuff like that. Uh-huh. He's to me. He's he's one of those guys. Like I want to be when I'm in my seventies. That's the guy I want. I'm gonna still be active like that. You know. Yeah. Next year, 
But um, we have some <laughs> yeah. of the other guys that come out and don't even fly anything and just sit and bitch. And those are the guys I don't want to be, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. You know, but like we have, you know, we know friends like, you know, Phil Goodwin, right? Like, yeah. Phil's he's retired, guy, right? right? You know, old man 3D, he still flies and he still flies 3D and he still messes with 3D printers and Adrenos and yeah. Delcons and all this other, you know, electronic stuff. And it's great. Like, it's awesome, you know? Yep. What about, what about, um, stamina? Like, do you feel like you're flying less or, you know, can't handle the heat or the weather as much? I feel that definitely. What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm taking, I mean, it's, it's just a different avenue of me enjoying my weekend. Like, mm-hmm. I get some flying in, but I also love sitting and shooting the shit with Mike D or, or whoever sure, in the yeah. field, you know? Yeah. Hanging out. Yeah. Hanging out in the air-conditioned hangar. I, yeah. I tell you, you know, that's when I used to fly every single day, <laughs> you know. What was it? Eleven hundred and sixty-four days. Um, wow! Over yep. three years. That got to where that added to my anxiety. I think you know that uh, weighed on me. And you know, since I was sick and had to take off and and uh, get over all that, um, I find it very liberating that I don't have to fly every day. Or if I wanted to go a week or a month and not fly. That's fine. I'm still working on stuff, um, you know, designing stuff, working on this new helicopter project. So, um, yeah, when people come over, I, I definitely want to go out there and fly with them and stuff. And I still fly quite a bit. But it's just not – I don't let it worry me. If I haven't flown, it's no big deal. Right, exactly. I'm having a, having a ball. I mean, there's just – a few more ways to have more fun with your clothes on than RC, but it's right up there. <laughs> All right. And on that note. Yeah, let's move it on. Do we have a planker segment? <laughs> yeah, I think we do, right? So, yeah, uh, we do. And he has some instructions for us. Oh, boy. He said, please keep your clothes on during this. No, I mean, I'm just making Oh, man. Up. I'm just making that up because George. So I got to put clothes on now. Yeah. Um. Well, at least pants. Oh man. Um, Back on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. He said it's 17 minutes long. It's rated PG. Headphones is a must, and it's not over until the second planker bell rings. Okay. So you ready for this? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh. Uh. Jeez. Indiana Drones <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Park Join Dr. Drones Me? Sorry guys As he stumbles his way through a secret quest For the Lost RC Park With Steve More power baby 
Andy. It's <laughs> never good when you break your shaft. And this guy. Oh, man. Now we find our hero, Andy, in the random jungle, searching for a mystic quad, all the time trying to corral his unruly freefall cast and maintain his sanity. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm going to play with my chef. All right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Obviously, bigger is better. Oh, boy. Talk about that later. <laughs> Mine is extremely short. Oh, jeez. Man, there's a good, hard, straight shaft. I'm used to pulling on it. Damn it, Andy. I know, I suck. <laughs> hey, Andy, you said there would be ice cream. I only see bugs and snakes. Um. Also... Why is Andy walking around with his fly open? Uh, uh, jeez. I can't take it. Put a little oil on the shaft. Yeah, I think you got it. You're just like a beast. That rubs me all the wrong way. I'm just a white dude that has no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Indy, there are two black suit federal types in my office waiting to see you. Let's go talk to them. Hmm. What music should the planker use for the transition to the office? What am I, freaking Pandora? What <laughs> <laughs> uh, dumbass I am. I don't pay my taxes the hell of that. I'm not paying. Yeah. Hello, Dr. Drones. Dr. Drones. How has your guys' week been? What? What? So, Dr. Drones, we have some questions about the Lost Park. Linda Park, the hot Korean chick on Star Trek? No. No. Let's not be stupid. But, uh, she is hot. Anyway, we're here about the legendary Lost RC Park. We would like Dr. Drones to find the park... Before the airplane guys get it. Nope. Nope. Also, I'm ready for it. It's cool if you bring the Three Stooges along. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Indy. Bring those freefall clown friends of yours along. Do this. Plus, you could bring the planker. Also, as long as he rides with the luggage. Uh, yeah. Nice. What's next, Dr. Drones? What should we do? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. All right, good day, sir. You know, it was just insanity to me. Okay, Andy. Why did you first turn them down? 
I can't barely see. I can't hear. Okay, Google is telling me you're fucked in the head. Here, let me look it up right here. It says, Dr. Indiana Drones. Fucked in the head. Yep, it's right here. Google even knows you're fucked up. pretty good at like thinking and nope <laughs> yes. I think you summed it up by going eh meh meh I would go first nah dude I I don't know I eeny meeny miny mo no <laughs> Yes. I'll go second. I'll go first. I'll go fourth. I'll go third. Ladies and gentlemen, the seatbelt sign is still on, so please remain in your seat with your seatbelt passes. It's a, uh. Sorry, guys. Dude, that was a moldy oldie. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh shit! If you free folk guys are on this flight, I'm getting off. How the hell would you do that? Buckle up, guys. Put your seatbelt on. Oh boy. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> oh jeez. That's all, I promise. That <laughs> <laughs> was the last one, wasn't it? I have dreams of these things flying into planes. It wakes me up at night. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, free fall. Keep it down. We're trying to sleep back here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here. <laughs> we rejoin Indy, the planker, Steve, Andy. And this guy. Yeah. They have found the map room in Egypt. After a long and arduous trek across the world. Well, actually there was no snacks on the airplane and the movie was a Polish Shore thing. Good God of Mortimer, that sucked. Anyway, our free-fall numbnuts need to unlock the key to the map room to find the lost park. All right, Andy, now that we uh, we found this map room, now that we're here, what's the procedure? What do we do to locate the RC park? What's next? If I could remember what it is. Ah, oh, jeez. Fantastic. It's all his fault. 
Wow, this is going to be a, quite a feat to get this all together. Andy, we're all here because you said maps, RC parks, and ice cream. What the fuck? What the hell, Mike? It's like every day is just another day. Wh- what? Hold on, I need more drugs. That'd make a good <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> all right, well, I am thoroughly confused. Okay. Jesus, George. What the hell, man? Put that thing away. George. Jesus, dude. Come on, man. Put that thing away. But it looks amazing, George. Now, what's the length on that right now? Hmm. Yeah, it'll but be... Anyway, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. That's how long, George? Now you're busy. Dude, that guy's hands were enormous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I got a question real quick. You may have covered this a little bit, but I wasn't really paying attention. If I could remember what it is. Ah, oh, jeez. Steve is stoned, Andy's brain dead, George is playing with his pud, and Indiana Drones is a moron. Did, did I miss anything? If I missed you, I'm sorry. I did something stupid. I don't even know what it was. Yeah, see what I mean? Do we have a phone? I'm not sure. Ah, uh, jeez. I think we do. Who's got a phone? Give me a phone. Uh, yeah. Great. Let me have that thing. Would you get a job with the phone company? Tell his phone. <laughs> I'm gonna call Marcus right now. So thanks, Mike D, for helping me out. Marcus, Indy fucked up. We found the Well of Souls. Uh, we went to the map room, and then Indy blew it. What, what are we supposed to do? I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on speaker. You fucking idiots! Get your fucking asses back here now! The museum is pissed. Where the hell are you guys? Egypt. Egypt? You stupid fucks! Just use the Google map. God damn! Damn it, I knew I should have sent them a map drawn in crayon. Paul Andrew Hey, Freefall. Andrew Lack. You said there would be ice cream. Yeah. Steve Shaw. Oh shit, I'm getting off. Me <laughs> and Joel. You're fucked in the head. I have dreams of these things flying into planes.
I can't barely see. I can't hear. Figure out, you know, how to get out of it, or... Was it a coffin? <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you've done it now. You have Andy? Hey, now. George? Bonjour. The Planker? What the fuck? I'm Steve. <laughs> Kevin? Hey, guys. Do you ha- Can you confirm or deny that Bill N. is also an alien? I actually understood some of that. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I don't know. Gotta go, gotta run. No. No? Hopefully not. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. There is a shaft. It's never good when you break your shaft. Put a little oil on the shaft. Man needs a good, hard, straight shaft. You know, you were saying India. I thought you were saying Andy. 
for like the I know. Yeah. I kept thinking that the whole time. Yeah, me too. I was like, why is he calling Kevin Andy? Okay. <laughs> but great awesome. job, Mike. Jeez. Yeah. He blows yeah, that, away that, with this shit. That took a lot of editing. It's got to, man. That yeah. has to. And, uh, and like I even I heard some before, Andrew Lodge in there. That's cool. Yeah, I, I heard some Andrew. heard <laughs> mm-hmm. Steve. Yep. And I've said it before. I don't even remember saying some of that stuff. That's what's that's what's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> where where the hell was I making a cat noise? I don't know. What the hell was I talking about? I don't know. But you sure do you say going, uh, shaft a lot. You were going rare. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. when you uh, cut and copy it forty seven times, I say it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was doing with it. That, I don't remember. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like uh, a cat in heat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. News and announcements. Okay. What do we have here? First thing up is a new firmware for the Scorpion Tribunus 2 success 120 amp. Just released, I think today, maybe. So if you have one of those, definitely look at it and might want to look at updating it for the change log. Uh, says throttle control, motor control improvement, current sensing. So I don't, Exactly know what throttle control means. Maybe they've improved it somehow. Okay. This is V62. Which I like. They do a lot of firmware updates, huh? They keep it updated. So that's cool. Next thing on the list is a new plane from Horizon Hobby. The Crescendo. Crescendo? Crescendo. Crescendo, yeah. Crescendo. Oh, Crescendo. Concendo, concendo, yeah. It's felt weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was looking at. I was like, uh, uh the con, con, concendo evolution 1.5 meter. I'm just gonna go with that. It's right yeah. or wrong, whatever. Uh huh. This looks a lot like the Shrike. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I was gonna ask Is that you wing about profile? that. Looks a whole lot like it. Yeah. Uh, it's a 1.5 meter. What'd you got? I call it a sailplane, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it exactly a sailplane. It's a, definitely a glider, but I would say yeah, it might more like a speedy kind of glider. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's got a little bit of a glide, more of a glider look than the Shrike when you look at the side profile, but, but yes, yeah, okay. very similar, very similar. To, to the Shrike. It's bigger than a Shrike, though, right? Like, I don't know. The guy holding it in that one picture didn't really look that fit. much bigger. Oh. I didn't think so. Eh. What's what's the Shrike? Wingspan. I, I, I'd have to look it up. I don't even know. What do you mean you don't know? You've got one. You don't memorize from, all your shit? Yeah, because from was, one end to the think, other, dude. I was thinking it's 14 mil. <laughs> You're supposed to hold your arms wide. It's about this big. That's the yeah. length, that's the length that goes from one end to the other. Well, you know, what do they say with age? <laughs> what you shrink? Memory's yeah. the second to go, thing to go. Second thing to go. 
Uh, it's fourteen. It's, it's about the same. Yeah. It's fourteen hundred and fifty millimeters. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Fifty millimeters. Small. Hey, sometimes fifty millimeters is all you need. Yep. Sometimes all you need is a Snickers. <laughs> mm, I, I could use a Snickers right now. Let's see. High density EPO, of course. More powerful 3S and 4S compatible brushless power system. Uh, 30 amp telemetry capable ESC. Gives you all your stuff, your battery voltage, current, motor RPM, and other data by a compatible receiver and transmitter. Long flight times up to 15 to 20 minutes with a mixture of power on off flying using a 3S 1300 to 2200 or a 4S 1000 to 2200 battery. All right, come on. It's a big range, isn't it? 20 min- like I created or saved a million jobs this year. Come on. That's, that's, to me, that's garbage. Come on. Well, that's probably with a 2200 4S. You climb up, you cut it off, right. and you glide around for 20 minutes, and you climb up and you cut it off again. I've had 20 minute flights with the, um, with the Kunai, man. Yeah. So same minute flight thing. with that thing. So, I mean, and that's, I don't know what you would call that. Shit. I had a 25-minute flight with uh, Radian, and I only used like 10% of the battery. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, you get, if, you get, if you're flying on a slope, you could probably fly a Mustang for 20 minutes. Let's see. Damn, hanging on the description, huh? Yeah, just should, <laughs> they should just do power on, you know, like do like a, a medium power on flight and tell me what the range is on it, you know? I think well, that's what they mean know. by mix of that's power right. on and offline, I guess. Yeah. On the average, say 15 to 20 minutes. No, I mean, put the throttle in the middle and fly it until... Oh, you mean half throttle, 50%? Half throttle, just yeah. That's not time. how you're going to fly this plane. Yeah. Well, that'll give you a average flight time, I think. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. You're not right either. <laughs> yeah, let's see, but is he right? <laughs> I mean, hand launch DLCs, do we get a flight time on those? Those could be 30 yeah. seconds to 20 minutes. I mean, a day and a half, however long your battery yeah, lasts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a little cheesy. So I called him uh, out on it. All right. Six years doing the show, or whatever it is, 100 years doing the show, and I finally call you. Horizon Hobby out on something. I'm an old man. Leave me alone. get your plane and get the hell out of here (laughs) that plane isn't on the ground in 15 seconds i'm gonna stomp on it yeah oh shit (laughs) uh you you made me lose my train of thought (laughs) which my train of thought at this point it's like a one car caboose (laughs) <laughs> okay. Shit! You remember in the cartoons when they had the little train thing and it had two guys pumping a lever yeah. up and down? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's my train. I thought most days. Let's get some more info. What's the price? One ninety nine. Yeah, the bind and fly basic one ninety nine. That's not too bad, but that's a lot more than a shrike, actually. If we want to compare them, 
Yeah. Yeah. How much is it? Like, Isn't it like one hundred twenty bucks or thirty nine. What would the what would be the difference in the to the strike? It was plug and play though, right? Yeah, you didn't have a receiver, right? right. But, yeah. I mean, what, if it's bind and fly, what's it lacking? If it's a basic, the battery and a radio. But the battery, yeah, the basic makes it a battery. Should just be bind and fly. Well, bind and fly come with a battery. Comes with a battery. Bind and fly basic doesn't come with a battery or a charger. Yeah, it comes with a battery and charger for the normal BNS. Um, it has the safe select. It has the receiver. And that's standard in all different things now, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just comparing to like the Shrike, actually. True, true. So by the time you get your telemetry ESC and telemetry receiver, and AS3X and safe. That, that makes it fairly comparable, yeah. I would think. You yeah, know, I think so. 70 bucks for all that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much in line. Yeah. Especially if you have a spectrum radio. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Cool. I couldn't remember if we talked about the Align 650X. This is a we couple. mentioned it, right? think so back when it was teased or something mm-hmm. yeah. this is it was uh the pre-order is open and this is a couple weeks old i kept forgetting about it but i thought we could discuss it for just a second sure so another company trying a 650 huh yeah I, it's an odd size in my opinion I, I agree i was gonna ask you what you guys thought about it it's sort of I don't know. It's an odd size. Yeah. The kit, the airframe kit, the, the map manufactured, um, price is eight oh one ninety nine, And the super combo is $1,387.99. Why did they make it like eight oh one ninety nine? Why not just $7.99 or yeah. $8.10 or that's sort of weird. Brand new 650X rotor head with low center gravity design, advanced metal swash plate, vivid color, 650 millimeter carbon blades. Uh, it's got a helical main gear. Um, the combo. Does the kit come with a motor or just a combo? Probably just a combo. Yeah, I think the combo. 800 MX, which is a 440 kV motor, 8,800 watt output. That's probably peak. So it's yeah. like a 4,000 watt. Um, DS820M servos and 825, probably the tail. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Align 130 amp ESC. It does have a um, a battery tray latch. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. I'm trying really hard not to just shit all over this thing. It comes with a B sex plus B sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, fantastic three point eight five to one tail ratio. <laughs> Probably works really good about. 
3K RPM. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you want for F3C, right? Didn't they advertise this as like a 3D and an F3C flight? Yeah, but that, there's nothing about it lends itself to F3C. I mean, it has a five-degree rake in the landing gear to keep yep. the tail off the ground. Okay, that's fine. Not for F3C. Low-ass tail ratio. That's okay if you're running, like I said, 3,000 head speed. Mm-hmm. Not so great for F3C. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. Try not to shit all over it, but um, I, I don't, I don't nice know. There. I said you got it pretty dirty there, but all well-made points. <laughs> um, it's got a, a nice colorful canopy. Yes. Try to, make a good, a, uh, try to make a sandwich out of this. Probably be a good basis for a scale helicopter, too. Would it, though? Kind of a weird size. You know, after, yeah. after they're a couple hundred bucks. Right. I still don't understand what the tail ratio. I guess, I guess because it's running 105s, right? Ah. Yeah. That's what I was saying, though. Who's buying this? Who is this, like, made for? Um, Line fanboys, I guess. I don't know. I, I do. I guess. I mean, well, let, let's let's think about it just for a second, like objectively. Uh huh. You got a seven hundred power system, basically. Yep. Right. I mean, you need a. You're going to want twelve S, and you're going to need at least a one thirty. And uh, so maybe the motor can be a tad smaller, but basically a seven hundred power system. Uh huh. But running 600-size battery packs, because if you're running 12S3300s to fit in there, yeah, you're not getting a 700 flight time. Um, I wonder how the disc loading would be. I imagine it would... I don't know. Would it be heavier disc loading than a 700? I think so. I don't know. I mean, with, with the smaller batteries... Lighter than a say. 600, maybe. Mm. Depends on, the, I guess, the size packs and stuff. But like a lot of stuff's going to be the same. Your ESC, your servos, mm-hmm. yep, all that, and the motor for the most part's all going to weigh the same as a seven hundred. Yep. I can't imagine six fifty blades are much cheaper than seven hundred blades. You know, nope. ten ten bucks, fifteen bucks, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, what's the advantage of this over a a regular seven hundred, like the seven hundred X, for example? Right. I don't know. Has a battery tray? I don't know. I guess it's a 700X. It has a battery tray. Oh, it has that killer 3.85 tail ratio. Yeah. Killer. I think the stock 700X has about something like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's in a line and you can expect an update like any minute now. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. You you know what I love? You have to pay 20 bucks for it. Yeah. And then I love that... um, in the post that Align posted, it had that weird 801.99 for it. But when you look at a picture of the actual, like, ad of it, it says 799.99. So I love how they don't know the price exactly yet. Yeah, let me look something. Okay, on retailers, it's 719.99. Yeah, that's right. They can't get the number right. They don't know. Steve, you Someday. want an exact number? For the most important thing and one of the most deciding factors of people buying this, but that's insane. I, I know. Yeah, I mean, 
if I had time, I set, we could sit down. They have an estimated weight depending on setup, rate of flies, uh, 3.3 kilograms. So we could sit down and do the math and figure out the disc loading. I'd be curious to see what it would be compared to like the 700X. Maybe it's, uh-huh. maybe it's lighter. I don't know. Maybe it weighs as much as a 600 yet swing 650s. Oh, maybe it does have a maybe. a new canopy lightweight design. Yeah. So I don't know. My, For all those pilots that love flying with canopies, it'll be at least somebody that'll enjoy it. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's, it, it'll fly good. You know, like. Are you saying you don't fly with a canopy, Steve? It has magnetic canopy mounts. No, no, I fly with canopy, but just I don't know. I see a lot of people who don't fly with canopies. Yeah. They're saying uh, 3,300 to 3,500 milliamp hour on the 12S. Mm-hmm. Which is similar to a 570 or 600. You're one of the cool kids. That's why I like hanging out with you. No, I'm just, I don't like buying canopies at $100 a pop. The canopies look so much better when you just leave them on the bench while you're flying. <laughs> I just keep crashing mine until there's nothing left of it. Then I buy a new one. Yeah. You'll be able to just print some, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> print them out of NinjaFlex. There you go. Yeah. I wonder how that would work. I mean, I wonder what that would weigh compared to fiberglass. Probably. If you did it that more. super thin crap like those airplanes, I mean, it's going to The NinjaFlex would but... weigh a lot less than when it pull, comes off in flight and wraps around your blades. <laughs> uh-huh. It's nice and tangled up in there. <laughs> yeah. It'd be amazing. Well, it shreds good. I'm gonna have to do that now, just just to try it out. Can you imagine, like, how would you even print that? Looks like a damn nightmare trying to model a freaking round canopy. Just get on Thingiverse and download a STL or an object file of a, a Idaho potato or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That look awful. Alright. Dud Spud. What else can we shit on in the news announcements? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how about this next one? Yeah. Kraken 580 Nitro is officially announced. Uh-huh. And here are some specs. Yep. They're saying ready to fly weight approximately 3,090 grams, so 3 kilos. Main blade length 550 to 600, 570s are included. Tail blades 95 to 105s. Cyclic servos mini, standard size or as an option. Standard size tail servo, uh, 8.6 or 7.4 to 1 main rotor ratio. Well, it says 8.6 to 7.4. I don't know how many options there are. Yeah. The 26 is tooth just... is included, which is 7.97. Mm-hmm. Um, tail rotor ratio 5.3 to 4.9 to 1. So even their lowest one's 4.9. Um, 50 or 60 size engine, 440 milliliter tank capacity. And they're recommending a 2S 1800 milliamp hour receiver pack. Nice. I got some 1050s I want to use. 
So, I don't know. Trying to figure out. I'm trying to find something to shit on, but it's definitely not as easy. Well, how much is it? Mainly that tail ratio. That's the thing, right? Like, how much is it? That can be a a big deciding factor. Yeah, I don't know. They don't say. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to, you know, I mean, I can't, I'm going to guess, but I don't, it's probably going to be around that $800, $850 maybe mark. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the Oxy? $825? I don't know. What what is the Oxy? Good question. Let's look it up real quick. It better be close to that. I mean, it could be, I mean, I think it might be a little bit more. I don't think it's going to be cheaper than that. No, I wouldn't think cheaper, but I mean, if it's 200 bucks more than that, then that's too much. Uh, 725 actually, right? Or no, what is that? No, uh, I thought it was eight something. I thought it was in the sevens. Was but it? I'm okay. Looking it up. I'm looking it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm seeing it on Link's Heli for. Yeah, 725. 725, right? Yep. Okay. Well, okay. this one better be about 800. It'll be like eight fifty, I think. Well, I mean, how much is the the regular electric Kraken, right? It's eight twenty five. Eight twenty five. So it's going to be a little bit more, I think, just because you know, there's, I mean, just like molding the uh, the tank and the uh, fan shroud and stuff like that's got to cost quite a bit. So I'm gonna say eight ten. That's my favorite number. <clears throat> eight ten. Okay, I'm gonna say. Eight fifty nine, a hundred dollars more than the retail of the electric one. Okay. Ooh. Should we? I'm gonna write these down in here. I, I'll just say. What are you gonna say, Kevin? I don't know whether to go higher or lower. I kind of want to go lower, but I think I'm gonna. Hmm. I was gonna say like eight fifty, just to be a little bit lower than Steve. <laughs> it was the price right? So what George, did, you said eight ten. George say eight ten. Eight ten. That's fine. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. There's no way it's going to be less than like. I'm going to say eight twenty nine. Okay, I'll uh, eight fifty. Just eight fifty for. Okay. I was actually going to say seven ninety nine, but I think I'm going to stick with eight twenty nine. Eight twenty nine. Okay, I got it all written down here. All let's right. let's see what happens when uh, um, when it comes out. Probably the price is 59.99. Yeah. <laughs> I think Steve might be playing us. <laughs> no, I don't know though. I really don't. I'm just guessing it's a hundred dollars more than the other one. Cause I know that the black nitro was not a hundred, well, maybe a hundred dollars or maybe even more than that than the, the black thunder sport was. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I think they'll do an introductory price at 18. 10? <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way, you're wrong. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of worn with that number. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see how it turns out. Um, All right, what else do we have? Well, we've got a thing here, but I'm wondering if we should put that in our new segment. Yeah. Where should we put this segment? Right now, before we do what's next for you in the hobby? I think I so, know. right? Good spot, I, I think. After the news, but before the what's next. Yeah. And that works for me. Um, we'll call it. Let me see. What should we call it? House of Pain. Yeah, a House of Pain. We're gonna call it Sobaniski's House of 3D Printing. Oh, huh? cool! 
I just yeah. woke up. I just woke up for that. Whoa, whoa, okay. So, all right. Let's move it on to Sobaniski's House of 3D Printing. Okay. Yeah? Mm. All right. So I know we're just uh, about to mention this in news announcements, well, so, but we'll move it into this section since it's related. Oh, yeah, I found uh, I found just a link popped up in my Facebook feed one day and and uh, to this um, JMO technologies mm-hmm. that um, they make PLA, PLA and PLA Plus, I think, here in the U.S. and I think in the state of Ohio. And... Um, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to try a roll of the silver and a roll of the orange just to see how it does. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, one extreme color to the next. But um, I, will, I couldn't believe how good it printed. I, I've been using Hatchbox when I can get it. Right. And, I've still, I've, you know, I've, I still buy Hatchbox. But um, at their introductory price, I think it was like eighteen ninety nine. And I sent him a note and said, hey, can, can I get several rolls at that price? And <laughs> sure, you know, so I ordered some more silver. And, uh, but it just really does good. I was, I've, I changed in the middle of a roll from, from the hatch box to this without changing anything at first. You know, I was really watching it to see if I needed to adjust the temperature or anything. And, and, um, and I had it sped up pretty fast, you know, Printing at point two, I, I'm trying to get these big chunks for these plugs printed out fast because they don't have to be smooth. And it was stringing a little bit with the hatch box, but that was okay. It, it's fine. You just wipe right off in, in places. But um, you know, I was being able to print pretty fast. So immediately, once the the silver got in there, good, the the new made in the USA filament, mm-hmm. it it just it quit stringing, and I mean, it just looked like, um, I mean, the silver is not really silver. It's almost a gray that kind of looks like the resin printing color. Okay. And it's more of know, like a flat yeah, and if it, sheen to it. And at point two, if it looks that good, yeah, exactly. Um, if it point, if it looks this good at, at point two, it, when I use it on some of the finer Finished parts, you know, like detail parts, guns, and things like that, light housings. I can't imagine how good it's going to look. Uh, so I'm, I'm tickled with it. It's it's going to cost me a little bit more probably um, than just getting the hatch box on Amazon. But I, I, I like I like spending my dollars here in the, in the U.S. when I can. Uh-huh. Yeah, I hear that. You know, and if anybody else feels the same way, uh, check them out. Uh, tell them you heard about them on the free fall. And uh, let us know if you like it or not. But uh, I'm using it on. Uh, I've used it, tried it on both my Ender 3D or 3 Pro and the uh, CR10 Max, and it, it's just printed flawlessly on both. And it and it unwinds good off the roll. It's yes. Not, it's not a crazy kinked up mess, you know. But oh, I hate I can't stand that. Yeah. Through the roll <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I've had quite a bit like that. I've tried and won't, won't use again. And but, George, uh, uh, are you printing uh, at the recommended temperatures? Because I noticed on some of their PLA filament, it's uh, recommended 210 to 225 and a bed temp of 75. Are you are you printing around there? 
No, not really. I, I'm printing that um, on the on the Max. I'm printing the nozzle is at uh, actually 195. Wow, that low. Wow. Yeah, in the bed at 60. Yeah, wow. 60s usually were all the average, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, and I've got it cranked up at about 120 percent for the you know the basic Cura settings. I haven't changed any of the speed settings in there, but I jack it up to. Wow. About 120%. And it just flows right. You know, it, it looks great. I mean, there's a, the last of the uh, orange is finishing up probably tonight. I might have to try a roll from, I'm, I'm through buying like more than one roll from somebody I haven't purchased the filament from before. Yeah. And you need to see how it works on your machine. But sure. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, I've, I've, I've had good success with it and, uh, Fed it, fed it right in behind that hatch box, and it was amazing. You know, within within about four layers, you could see, wow, that that looks pretty dang slick. And uh, by about twenty layers, yeah, I was <clears throat> I was probably sold at that point. Nice. Yeah, I actually tried out a new brand of filament recently too, and supposedly they're in the US too, um, but based out of Florida, it seems. And it's called GST 3D. And I know, Kevin, you said that you tried it, but you didn't like it? Uh, yeah, I, uh, the first, uh, any prints with the first, uh, roll that I had. The whole first roll? I had, well, no, the, with trying the first roll that I opened up, I bought three rolls. Okay. And, mm. uh, yeah, it was like white, black, and some of the green. Uh, I wanted to try it again. But uh, I haven't had a chance yet. Um, yeah, but I've been using their silver um, PLA plus. Yeah, and I, I, I just I just noticed that there's actually different temperature settings. I have not changed my temperature settings. I've kept what I normally run, and I I run kind of hot on the PLA side. I think I run like two twenty five on the head and and an average sixty on the bed. But I've never had bed adhesion issues. It's always been like, you know. It's um, the layer adhesion at that point, so that's why I usually run the, the nozzle just a little bit hotter. Um, but I've, I've had actually really good luck with it. Like everything I printed, printed fine. I've, okay. I haven't had any issues. But maybe it could be, a, I mean, your colors, I'm using a, a gray or silver color. Well, silver, I, I, think I think it's from what you've said, I think it's a temperature issue because I started at their their printing temperature. That was like 210, said, right? Well, they said 180 to 220, so I started right in the middle. Yeah, at 200 and it wasn't it was it printed fine for the first couple layers then it started to clog up um so Mm -hmm. i kind of like i put it to the side because i was trying to print out some hinge mechanisms Um, yeah 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 but i've i've had good luck and it's funny because i've had good luck with i've had really good luck with hatchbox right with raise 3d on okay on the prusa clone but not on the cr10 and uh, I don't know if 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 I get it to work good in a machine, I just keep it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like the hatchbox yeah, yeah. works really good on the Sierra Ten and in the clone. This this race three D stuff is is premium PLA. It comes out really nice and it's been working really good. So I, I just don't mess with it. You know. But yeah. I'll probably get around to trying that stuff again. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to knock them or anything like that. I'm I'm like George and like you, Steve. Like I'm. Anxious to find a place in the United States, and I'll yeah. get my money here if I can. You know, 
Oh, no, for sure. So I'll probably try to roll. The, the rolls, I mean, when I, 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 I too like, found them on Facebook and I think it was like 17 bucks a roll. It was super cheap. Yeah, it's 1799. Yeah. Mm. They got army green, George. Ooh, post the link. Oh. <laughs> Nice. If that don't suit your fancy, they got a pink. I asked them about this. Well, I've, I've got uses for that. Um, if you go on that, I mentioned, mentioned this before, but on the GMO Technologies website, they've got a little chat window there that you can talk directly to the, the guys there. And uh, Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I hit you know, them up for that deal, you know, on the multiple roles. And mm-hmm. uh, so you may... Type in there and mention you heard it on here. I'm not saying they'll give you a discount, but wouldn't hurt to ask, you know. Sure. I think another thing I like about GMO Technologies when I peruse their their site is they offer the printer profiles. Yes. So, yeah, they offer printer profiles for a Prusa Mark III for simplified 3D or Cura, but that's nice to, like, at least get those base settings, which you can import and then customize for your machine, right? So I, I do like that. I think that's that's nice touch. All right. Uh, what else do we have for this uh, segment? Uh, question. Yeah. Do any of you guys have any problems with your filament uh, attracting humidity or moisture? Do you? How do you store your filament? Or do you worry I don't. about it? I don't. I open up a roll and I just start using it until pretty much it's done, or yeah. unless I really want to swap out the color, but I usually just run it. What about you, guys? you, Kevin? You're down in the basement, right? Yeah, and I have a, you know, I have a bench I built. It's got the old time, you know, ca- kitchen counter as the top. I built it years ago, so it's like 24 inches deep. And I have some uh, doors that I made for the front of it. And I have a couple of my servers under the bench, so it's it's got heat constantly. There's like it's always okay. Got so that's hot. probably keeping so, it dry. Yeah, that's where I store it. But I did get a roll of nylon that I was experimenting with. Didn't have any success with, but the roll itself came with a Ziploc bag that was heavy duty and a couple of those, you know, desiccates to keep it. Yeah, right. silicone. Which I thought was uh, pretty good, you know. Okay. What about you, George? Out here in, in the hangar, you know, a lot of times in the winter, I, I just ran the fireplace, the, the propane fireplace during the day. And it gets pretty cold at night, so if if the printer's not running and the the little ceramic heater is you know not set, usually it's just in that that little Ender Three Pro. It's in a nice sealed up cabinet. I mean, where do you store your filament? Well, I mean, I, I keep it in the, those big filing cabinets. Okay. And, you know, leave it in the box, leave it in the vacuum sealed um, bags. But, yeah, I mean, the vacuum seal, I mean, probably dig a hole out here in the yard and store it in there. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have any exposed rolls sitting around, like where you change colors or this or that. I do. I've never noticed a difference. Yeah. But you're in a house, so I was yeah, wondering. Yeah. I really haven't noticed because, you know, I've got a drawer that's just partial rolls over there. And okay. they're, not, they're not in a bag or anything. And, of course, they... They get down pretty cold in here at times. Yeah. I was just wondering. I, I mean, I've seen people store it in totes with uh, desiccant bags and boxes and even have things to feed straight out of the tote. 
into the machine and stuff to keep the, the moisture out. I was just curious what your guys' experience was. That's a big deal. Jeff does that, has made a few of those totes, but he's also done so much crazy stuff to his printers that he can't get a print going. I got to probably go over there this weekend maybe and give him a hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he hasn't printed anything since probably December. And he moved everything into the house. But I, I don't know, man. I, I've been going through so much film, and and I'll pull out some of the older stuff and use it. You might hear a little popping, you know, like throwing, really? a, throwing a piece of wood on the fire that's got water huh. in it. But that's about it. That's all you'll hear. It'll yeah. be a slight little bit. I think the main part of that, uh, the main issue with, with film getting older is it gets brittle and breaks. Yes, that I've seen happen. Well, that's just my experience. Yeah. All right. That was my question for this week. Okay. All right. So let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for me? I'm on call. I'm working Friday night, so I won't be able to sim. Oh, man. And I'm working Saturday, so I'm not going to be able to fly on Saturday. Oh, man. I, I thought you wanted to fly on Saturday. I wanted Shoot. to fly on Saturday. I, I, I forgot I was working Saturday. Wow. Yeah. So that's it for me. Freaking probably won't be doing anything, which sucks. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, I'll go next. Yeah, go. Um, yeah, so starting today at 6, well, I guess I got out of work around 5.15. I'm officially on vacation for the rest of the week. So, oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, um, staycation. Yeah, so it's, it's a staycation, and you know, my company had Friday off for everyone. They decided a couple weeks ago that we're gonna give everyone Friday off for a kind of a work from home mental wellness break. So sure, I said, well, I'm gonna add to that. So I took Wednesday and Thursday off with that. So make a nice long weekend. And it actually lined up really well because um, at this point with my Miata build, um, I need to clear out the garage. Like, I got the engines rebuilt. You know, the engine compartment's ready for the engine. I have a subframe thing on the floor. I have the engine stand in the garage with, you know, next to the subframe with my transmission sitting there on the side and my clutch on the other side. And it's like, um, you know, I got these next couple of days off. I'm going to... Basically, lower the engine onto the subframe, put the clutch on, put the transmission on there, and I'm going to have my friend come over on this weekend, and we're going to, probably on Saturday, uh, we're going to just roll that whole subframe and everything underneath the car. We're going to pick up the front end of the car since there's nothing there, so all the weight's on the back anyways, and it's easy to tip over on the jack stands, and we'll lay it right on top and jack up the whole assembly into the spot, and what is it four five six bolts no eight bolts later it should all be mounted into the unibody which at that point it's not going to run or anything because i don't have any i totally stripped out the wire harness right there's no wire harness in in it and in the miata it has like a, a single wire harness for the body and the engine so when i pulled the wire harness i pulled it all the way through um, but at least I'll get that milestone of getting the engine and front suspension, wheels, brakes, all of that back on the body of the car. So I could actually, if I wanted to take it off the jack stands, roll it around, I can. Um, 
and it'll clear a whole shit ton of room in my garage because right now all that stuff is just blocking everything right now. So I'll be happy to get that done. Um, I want to go and try to fly this weekend. Um, maybe during one of the days I have off, I'll just go for like a morning, maybe for a couple hours. Um, we'll see. But I definitely want to just, you know, get some flights in. Um, I feel like I haven't really flown a lot, even though I flew the weekend before. Um, but yeah, just want to get some more flight time in. Cool. Hey, are you going to actually wear shoes when you work on the Miata, or are you going to oh, still yeah. do those sandals this time? No, no, I had gout, dude. I couldn't walk. I couldn't put I, shoes on. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering if you're going to post a picture with an engine sitting on your foot. Yeah, well, uh, there's some other stuff I, I I won't really talk about on the show, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll go into it right after. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just busting balls. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so what about you, Andy? Uh, I've got to finish packing up this 516. Mm-hmm. Talk to that dude uh, from the RC Element and make sure everything's good to go on that and he wants everything. Okay. Get that shipped off. Um, I might try to do a little bit of flying if I can muster up the gumption to do it. Um. I was kind of thinking about getting out of plane the other day, and I didn't. Mm. So I might have to get a plane out. I haven't nice. flown a plane in forever. Yeah. So maybe. Plank I'm not going to promise anything, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, plank it up. Plankity plank plank. There you go. And hopefully the printer will be here tomorrow. Uh, so I'm probably be dicking around with that. The rest of the week. I mean, you know, you know how it is when you get a new toy. You got my number. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I don't answer, I'm working, probably but I'll probably it. get back to you. Probably need it. <laughs> if you don't answer, I'll just call Steve. And, <laughs> there you go. I'll probably call George, and then if he don't answer, I'll call Steve. Uh-huh. And you know Kevin makes house calls. Yep. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Kevin, should I uh, should I order every single upgrade made for it and put it on there before I even Ridiculous. start using it? It's crazy. No, do not do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did so you say stupid. that's what Jeff did? Yeah. Such an idiot. He was loading <laughs> firmware up and changing this, uh, that, and yeah. everything, and I was yeah. like, dude. Yeah, now none of it works. Don't yeah. even know how to use it and then upgrading it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, let me know when you throw it out. I'll come by and get it for the farm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the, the garbage man <laughs> get there. As long as it don't smell too bad. Uh, Once you let the smoke out of one. Oh, hey, yeah. Shit wipes off. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. So, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Cool, George. Well, I hope to get some flying in this week. It's just so dang hot that. By the end of the day, oh, it's yeah. dark and it's still just don't feel like 89 it. degrees and humidity's crazy. We've, we've got to get some rain. We've missed so many storms, Andy. You wouldn't believe it. It's not raining a drop here. And yeah, I haven't got much either. Yeah, it's awful. But um, that and just, you know, going wide open printing stuff and working on these helicopters. I've got my AH6I just about finished. It's uh, it's It's doing well. I've been putting some decals on it, and and um, 
get a couple more test covers out there with it, and it seems things okay. But uh, got some more airbrushing to do on it, and then some weathering, make it look kind of dirty, moldy, looking like it's been out on the tarmac. Been, you know, working on that for a while now. I guess probably just jump back on this big Cobra. I've been piddling with it a little bit while I've been doing all this printing, but I've really kind of neglected it lately. But I, I really do need to get out and, and fly more if the, the weather would cooperate with me. It's take getting out there when it's a dust bowl. You walk, you know, you walk 10 feet across the yard and you look like pig pen on Charlie Brown. <laughs> grass is like steel wool. But doing that and hopefully trying to get a, uh, a boat ready by this submarine event they're having September, late September. Cool. That's about it. All right, what's next here? Listener Pipeline. Do we have any voicemails? I don't think we have any. Okay. So leave us a Listener Pipeline voicemail at 973-936-8936. I guess uh, it's time to wrap it up then. All right, let's wrap it up. Okay, Facebook likes. We are at 1,315. That's plus five new likes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And here we go. We got Jeff Mead, Drake Wright, uh, Heli Rotorhead. Oh, this one's right. going to be interesting. Thomas Fietchinger. Fietchinger? I don't know. Uh, Jared Pullum. All right. Thanks, everyone, for liking cool. us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Right. Facebook comments. What do we have for comments? Oh, uh, we got some comments on the last episode that were kind of strange. I think you either liked the last episode or you did not like the last episode. Either way, we put it out anyway. We released it no matter what. And uh, some of the comments on our post on Facebook, well, one of them was from the Planker, Mike D. He said, okay, the Planker has a list of great Eagle Jr. suspects. Number one, Bill and Space Commander. Number two, one of the Ninja Turtles. Three, Ronald McDonald. Four, one of the Ices, uh, T-Cube or Vanilla. Five, Sun Guy. Uh, mm. Six, Bill Ann's other Space Commander. Seven, the computer half of Stephen Hawking. Eight, <laughs> me. Um, nine, Ferris Bueller. And last but not least, ten, Guy Latouche. <laughs> and I, I think it's number ten. Mm. Um Russell Bear said, nah, very strange. Uh, the one and only William Anthony said, epic episode with Great Eagle, George, and some unintelligible earthlings. Awesome. <laughs> Bill Grant said, uh, I now know what Yoda would sound like if he tripped balls and did a podcast. I've learned about Great Eagle. It makes it rain whenever he makes it rain whenever you want. He could possibly be an undercover agent with the FAA with that voice synthesizer. He flies a goblin. He has to be a sci-fi fan. I thought it was the planker at first. After listening to the episode, I'm pretty sure I was abducted by aliens and woke up naked in a field somewhere. I've never been so scared in my life. Can't wait for the next episode. Uh, Ray Bacon said, this episode made me feel funny. Once again, fantastic job, guys. 
Darren Wines said, I can't believe I made it through the, the whole episode. Satinder said, I'm scared to download the episode. <laughs> Where Steve Wattenberg said, I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, George said, you're either going to love it or hate it. Uh, and Ian Joel posted a little meme of the Crypt Keeper from Tales of the Crypt. And it says, public service announcement from Great Eagle Jr. It TikToks into greatness. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good bit of feedback. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and I want to do, while we're on Facebook comments and likes and stuff, I just want to take the time. I'm not going to read every person, but I posted a bunch of pictures on the R2 project. And uh-huh. uh, every everybody that took the time to, to just say wow or awesome or that's impressive, you know, thanks, everybody. Um, that was cool to hear uh, everybody commenting on that. Yeah. And I'll keep the uh, updates coming on that. It's cool. Sweet. You got a lot of comments on that post. At first, I was like, I don't know if anybody's even going to care, you know, or, or whatever. But, man, everybody seemed to like That's it. a popular so. thing on our Facebook page right now. Uh-huh. No, oh, is it? Okay. I think so. Yeah. 30, 38 yeah, comments. I'll, I'll, I'll keep some updates on that for sure. All right. Is that it for Facebook comments? Yeah. All right. Let's move it on to visitors posts. Uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, five days ago, Chris Reibert, my new Skywing 38-inch, 48-inch, 60-inch laser 260s are ready to fly. 3S, 4S, 6S airframes. He's really digging a 60-inch. It's equivalent to a 550-size helicopter. But it's still a plane. <laughs> yeah, but he posted a video of him flying that and a video yeah. of him flying a heli uh, same day. Mm-hmm. Man, he's just... Good pilot all the way around. He's, he's, he is. I'm, of course, I joke with, you know, with everyone, but yeah, he is, uh, he's really killing it with the planes. You yeah, know, looks like he's having Quite a great the time. planker guy. Uh-huh. He is. Yes. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Our, our heli, you know, Chris was kind of one of the first folks that kind of helped out with the show and, you know, big heli guy, scale guy, turn plank while our planker, Turned heli. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. All right. World's Full upside circle. down. Mm-hmm. Sure is. All right. Uh, I think that's all we had. Yep, there is a video of his main flight of the 60-inch, so definitely take a look. And, you know, you can look on his YouTube channel, or you can come over here to our visitor's post and see it there. All right. Cool. What do we have for website comments? I know we got some emails. Website comments. Yes, we did get some emails. I'll do the Gray Eagle, and then you guys can split the Planker ones. Okay. All right. Gray Eagle Jr. emailed us saying, How seeing your strato podcaster of results image extrapolation, cover your ears in case bright to sky. Four letter words, finding magic if ability. And there's... I don't know what this is. It looks like a negative picture, you know, like like there's negative some, film. There's, uh, is it one of those things where you blur your eyes together and cross them a well, little? I don't. Uh, to do a show up or no, something? No, I mean, I yeah. think that's what he was, because th- didn't we say that he's probably invented those or something? Mm. Yeah. There's something written in this, but I can't. 
Yeah, can't I can't read it. read it. I don't know. I can tell there's like a difference in. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it says. It says TikTok into greatness. No, <laughs> I don't know what it says. I think it's a four letter word. Because he yeah. said. Yeah. Four letter word finding magic. If I think I need better glasses. My eyes are getting blurrier. I was trying to stare at this thing. Oh, no, we're too damn old to see this. Yeah. Yeah. Our eyes are too bad to see this. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm not going to try <laughs> sitting here staring at this thing. <laughs> okay, yeah. my eyes are blurry. All right. <laughs> you need to be drunk to read it. Mm, maybe. All right. Who wants to take the first Planker email we got at 8.56 a.m. today? Uh, the Planker says, To the girls at Freefall RC Podcast, concerning today's Planker episode, Raiders of the Lost Park, and future Planker stuff. A special thanks to Ian Joel and his amazing voice work for me, and also thanks to Steve Shaw, Paul Andrelli, and Andrew Lack. We guessed all of those, man. Uh-huh. We guessed them all. Uh, and he said, for putting putting up with my craziness and recording my stupid lines for the show, you guys all rock. Nice. It is possible uh, the planker may need a short vacation for producing these large episodes to catch up on sleeping, increase weed consumption, and much, much more masturbating. <laughs> TMI Planker. TMI Planker. <laughs> Plus the psychiatrist keeps telling me, hey, asshole, you're not my patient <laughs> off my lawn. I think he's just cranky because I got that drain bramage thing. Hello, Planker. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, I know that Mike was talking about, you know, needing some vacation time. I think it's well deserved. Which, dude. Hell yeah, man. Uh-huh. After the, might have to, yeah. Might have to figure out something else. Like, I don't know. We'll figure something else out. We'll, we'll, you can take a short vacation. Yeah. Why don't yeah, you just, just take off the back. rest of this week? Yeah, I was about to say, better be back ready for next Tuesday, though. No. No, the planker, I told him, I said, you know, you don't want to make it a job, so do it whenever he wants. And exactly. They, uh, they've just been getting... Like insanely better, and I can't imagine it's just yeah. that much more time doing it. Take a break. You deserve it. Yes. Get some sleep. All right. So, want to read the next one? Oh, shit. I was asleep. Let's <laughs> huh. talk to the planker. Uh, well, we kind of already covered it. This is his list of oh, yeah. top 10 who is Gregor Jr. Yeah. Gila Douche. I had to look that up. You guys know where that's from. <laughs> you had to look it yeah. up. Jimmy Labouche. Gila douche. Most extreme elimination challenge. I hadn't seen that in like twenty years. So, mm. yeah, right. You are Ken. All right. So, what's are we going to wrap this up? I got to work tomorrow. Unlike some people, yeah, I got to work. Kid, me too. I got to get up early too. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. People Podbean then, huh? Great Eagle Jr., speaking of the Eagle himself, liked episode 123, Primetime with Great Eagle Jr. And he liked episode 120. What did I say? 123? Um, I wasn't listening. Sorry. Episode 230. (laughs) Episode 234. And episode 233. uh, Lynn. Palacios, 2014, uh, and 
Andrew also liked episode two, three, four, primetime with Great Eagle Jr. And Great Eagle Jr. started following us again. I, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> For following us again. All right. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to mm-hmm. like us or whatever on Podbean or leave us a message, just go to Google and put in P.O. And if it self-completes to some other page, you need to start listening to more episodes of Freefall and get out of the house. I'll give you time to think about that one. <laughs> there you go. And while you think about that one, here is an email, or sorry, a Podbean comment from Grey Eagle Jr. three days ago. Once, twice, thrice, beginning. Thanks of many a thanks for time spending free currency ducks in a row. Flow, go, show. Of revealing identity 52 areas needing... Outdoor basement crystal power decoder. Invisibility cloaking into the pasteurized milk oranges. I. If the shoe kicks the foot the bill. If the shoe kicks foot the bill. If the fist shoe walk hand standing elbow joints. If the joint smoking agreement of medical meaning. Fourth dimension understood. TikTok into greatness even if uncomprehendable uh, uncomprehending sorry the end nice seven days ago he replied back to his once twice thrice beginning to say Gregor Jr. you awesome to join speakings we both enjoyed all of Jester's can't of anticipate next to you High five. And then Grey Eagle seven hours ago responding to that comment that was responding to the other comment says a uh, bunch of emoji icons with the, what is that? The, the smiling glasses guy, the cool smile to the pokey one eye tongue out thingy to cool smile, cool smile, <laughs> smile, cool smile, cool smile, cool smile. Cool smile. Shh. Emoji icon. Okay, emoji icon. High five, high five, five. Awesome. Um, you're just as cute, confusing with the emoji language as you are with the English language. I just love the way you explain them. The pokey one eye guy. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> He's cool winking with his tongue yeah, out yeah, and yeah, the winking. sunglasses. I don't know why the pokey one <laughs> the eye pokey guy. I don't know. Guy. <laughs> so poked him in the eye. He's like, ah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think Greg had a conversation with himself. I think so too. Yeah. This is wild as hell. Oh man, it's, it's meta as meta can be. All right. Damn. iTunes review. I see nothing new on iTunes. Okay. Not a thing. Okay, so. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.show. Say hi to Rybert. Hey, Chris. Ask him about a C5 Corvette. I think it's awesome. Uh, flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free4rc podcast. Say hi to David Hill, aka Hilda Flyer. Hey, Dave. David Hill. Yo, hey, bud. 
All right, fellow podcasters, we got the Heliheads podcast. Oh, that's what Kevin, Mike, Paul, and Chris. No, <laughs> that's not with them. Okay, it's getting late. It's getting too late. It's, got, it's with a couple of those okay, guys. Older shit. Okay, go. <laughs> All right, it's a bunch of people. Tell Rotor podcast. Uh, that's with two mics, a Rich and a Robert. Uh-huh. Uh, BKRC podcast. It's for Bert and Kyle, I guess. I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a while. Wait, did it make it to, what is that magic number that Dan? 20 something? He said 20. 20 something or 30 something? Defi- no, they definitely made it to 20. Okay. Uh, RC Roundtable. That's what fits Terry and Lee. RC After Hour. With Andre, who, dude, on a side note, he just pr- picked up a nitro plane, a very large nitro plane. Uh, I saw it on Facebook, so good luck to him on that. I know he started it. I mm-hmm. saw some video of him starting it, but it's it's pretty large. Like uh, what's large? Like 3D plane. Uh, I think in the 80 to 90 inch, I think. It's probably not nitro then, would it? I don't think it would be a nitro that big. Yes. It's got to be a gas. It's a gas? Yeah. I don't I know. I thought he said nitro. Uh, yeah, probably could be well, a gas Well, it depends plane. what kind of plane. Was it like a, sca- like a warbird or a scale 3D. type plane? Yeah, it's like a 3D type plane. Yeah, it's probably gas. Probably gas, yeah. For that big, at least. I think gas at, after like 50, 60 inch, I mean, nitro's 50, 60 inch is kind of like. I mean, yeah. they make some huge nitro engines, but you usually see them on scale airplanes or mm-hmm. stuff like that. It yeah. could have been 60 inch, but uh, it looked bigger. Hmm. Actually, I don't know that I've ever seen a 3D plane with a nitro. I mean, not to say it, it couldn't be done, but. Okay. For some reason, they're always either electric or gas. I want to say that his his Facebook yeah. post said uh, he wants to torque nitro. That's why I said it. Um, okay, but yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what it is. <laughs> All right, uh, what do we got? Skids up. Skids up. That's with Frank, Paul, Javier, and that's it. I think. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Inverted Down Under. Inverted Down Under is with Jeff Smart and Ozzy, Mozzie, Petrazzi. Cool, cool, cool. We have him. With Matt Rick. Park Flyer Pockets. Park Flyers with like a couple of mics from Texas and a mic in Australia and I mean Alaska or Alaska, some other. Yeah. Arkansas? Arkansas. Country. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, Houdini RC Heli Podcast. That's with um, Mr. Houdini himself and uh-huh. uh, a couple other guys. Brent. Uh-huh. And, uh, dude, I got I to gotta reach out to Brent because I know we talked and I know it was in Virginia. And I know he was out on business for Amazon. And that's why he came down. He was, in, he was up in New York and I think he came down to that event. But he's definitely, yeah, he's from Arizona. Uh-huh. And I, but I remember talking to him. I thought he was a school teacher. Yeah, he is. Elementary school. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he was out working for Amazon. I could have sworn it was him. All right, I'm digging deeper. I know. Keep digging. Keep digging. <laughs> Old as shit. I'm not All saying right. you're wrong. I'm just questioning. Everything. Um, yeah, everything. <laughs> my brain's making it up. Yes. Uh, you know, what they say it's, uh, your brain fills in the gaps, right? Fills in the gaps. Yeah. So, 
All right. Uh, and talking about brain and filling in the gaps, we have Bill and YouTube channel. The, the one that leaves a gap in my brain. Is he, even, is he even still doing this YouTube thing? I don't even know if he's in the United States anymore. I haven't seen him in I know. when. He doesn't call. He doesn't write. You know? Mm. Doesn't touch base. Nothing. He doesn't pass go. He doesn't pay $200. <laughs> he's just stuck in his basement. The boy in a plastic basement. That's what he is. Mm. I, think, I think ABC is doing a Friday night special on him. Mm. Starring John Travolta. I think you're going to say starting, uh, uh, plastic jumps. I'm not even going to go there. Okay, cool. So yeah, check it out. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners. Yes. Yes, guys. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Good night. All right. Goodbye. It's a 92 inch, uh, extra. 92 inch, that's gotta be the cast. And I, and I guess I, I saw my job with the same way. Ah. Right, and I was gonna add to that, you know, the, um, the, uh, shit, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Brain fart? That was another thing I had on this sheet. <laughs> I'm about always making things too complicated. It's like, dang, son, you know, I realize you could go to Telford through Arizona, but it's a long way around. <laughs> Only Andy can know how funny that analogy is. I could. Uh, I'm reading a fucking email from Mike D. Oh, don't read it. Don't ruin it. You gotta, you gotta be a surprise. I'm just, well, I gotta check and see if we got anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know we got two of them. Cause Steve read it. I have not read it. And nope. ruined it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert! So what Mike says in there is that no. <laughs> All right. How you doing, Kevin? Eh. Chasing a bee around the living room. Can't find <laughs> it. We sucked up one up into the ceiling somewhere. So I might have to oh, get boy. up and run during the episode. But I doubt it. I don't know. We'll see. Just give her your 1911. Tell her to shoot it. <laughs> no freaking way. <laughs> give her. She's got some Aquanet. Probably just give her a lighter, one of real lighters, and some Aquanet. That'll take care yeah, of it. That's how I used to take care of the insect problem before I was married. That's how I, I trim my ears. Yeah. <laughs> Good way of doing it. Check and make sure that's working. Is that really loud? Uh, no. Uh-huh. Right. Just gonna leave it on through the whole shelf. Yeah, just leave it very low for background music. Welcome <laughs> to another episode. Fucked over, I found this stupid ass thing.
Andy, are you um, old enough to ever remember the Tennessee Midnight Rambler? Uh, I've heard. Uh, I mean, that rings a bell, but I don't know what the hell it is. The Tennessee Midnight Rambler. He was on in the late 70s, early 80s on a local radio station, WQUT. Uh, I probably wouldn't have heard it. He was just a hardcore, heavy-duty rock and roller. Loved ACDC, and he'd get he get smoked up or drinking a little bit while he's on there on the weekends, and and he'd he'd sometimes play the same ACDC song three or four times in a row. You know, <laughs> he would just have this awesome voice, radio professional, pretty good. He'd say, "This is the Tennessee Midnight Rambler coming to you from Johnson City, Tennessee." We're going to be bringing you some rock and roll, baby. How about some ACDC? Uh, now you got to do the entire show in that voice. Uh, <laughs> I could probably do it, but I couldn't talk tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, um, I can't speak. I've got hours of this. I lost my voice. Put back. But, uh, yeah, he was a dude. And here's another killer thrash song brought to you by Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. Nice. Oh, did you see my oh, Facebook post, Kevin? <laughs> yes, I see that. <laughs> nice. I thought you'd like that. I'm ready to record. Awesome. I, I bought that just for that joke. That's the cleanest <laughs> cutting board I've ever seen. Bought that just for the joke, too. I um, <laughs> I don't even think mine was that clean when I first got it. Are we ready? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andy, you ready? ready? Everyone else. Um, <clears throat> sure. Damn it, Andy. I'm <clears throat> <clears throat> test one two three. Proper modulation. Hello. La 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm good>. Nice. 